If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Sending out good vibes. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. Why America? Make a product for the sick people and leave the healthy people alone. And then I will never say a bad word about you again. Go ahead and take care of that 0.6%. They deserve it. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Graham Eric Show. We are going to be chatting with the one and only Dell Bigtree again a little bit later. Some more vaccine stuff, and we do spend quite a bit of time talking about uh, the elephant in the room, in everybody's room, COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever the fuck you want to call it. CCP virus. CCP virus, I guess. Whoa. <laughs> and we got uh, Michael's joining us for this intro. And we got everybody's favorite interviewer, Graham Speaking Moistly Dunlop. Hey, buddy. How's it going, buddy? We've always been practicing as podcasters yeah, not to speak moistly. Remember in the beginning, they used to call you mouth noises. That's so what I'm saying. I feel saying. like that's so I've been speaking trying to moistly. speak dryly yeah. all this time. You should give Trudeau some lessons and on dry speaking. And our fearless leader... Can't believe he said it. Okay. Be careful speaking moistly. Maybe How he did, did it say on it purpose again? so that he could teach everyone. He's not our leader. He's our elected representative. He works for us. No, he doesn't. Well, he's supposed he to. He works for the globalists. Come on. Well, he's supposed to work for us. <clears throat> How come you only get him to come out of his house for like half an hour a day? Can I have that job? <laughs> Andy got a raise. Maybe he's been have right. that job. <laughs> he, uh. I mean, I don't know. I heard so he left explain the house. This for people. I heard he it's left the house new. today. Really? That's I heard a rumor he was going to leave the house today. Cuz it was like day 32. Day 26, I think or 27. Oh my god. What he was going to go to vote on something or I mean, the government's doing a bunch of shit. I he don't gets agree a vote? with it. He can't vote by mail? I don't know. No. Apparently that's what he's been doing for the last 26 days. I mean, he's got to realize that most of the country is pretty disgusted with the fact that he's not leaving his house. I don't even think his wife and kids are there. I'm pretty sure they're at some other cottage. So it's like he's just hanging out in there by himself. Yeah, I don't know. It must be nice. I mean, well, does he have like a Facebook page that he's constantly keeping up or something? No, I hope no, not. I don't think Jeez. so. No, he just I'd... comes out for his daily, pr- and he's late all the time. The one time I watched it, which was pretty much the last time I watched it, he was like 30, 40 minutes late. Well, this morning, While sitting there waiting for the guy, like. How many? How much billions is that costing? Everybody fucking waiting around for this guy to come and speak. I don't know. Maybe he's playing Fortnite or something. He's playing Fortnite. That's like my kid when I'm trying to get her to go to bed. She's like, I'm, I just got to finish this round. I'm almost done. That's he's, like, Justin. He's trying to get the ankle bracelet off. You think so? I don't know. I don't know if I buy the whole I house know. arrest thing. I know. I'd love it. If you know that what was I true. think's more likely? He's divorcing his wife. So she's run off on him. Well, there was a bunch of stuff flying around like before, like last summer. About want to tell she was hanging out with some dude in Britain and she wasn't wearing her wedding ring and she wasn't on the campaign oh, trail with they've them. They've got a deal, I'm sure. Shit, that they, sucks, Are man. they really in love? These Because his mom did that shit too. I know. That's horrible. That's terrible. Oh, as if he, come on, these people, these elites, <laughs> these are, people. it's all a setup. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's all marriage by you know it's all arranged they keep well, it keep it in the bloodline so what's her deal what's sophie's deal Who, i don't know i don't know i don't know, I don't know like, anything i, don't I mean, want, i just found out about all this today because my buddy's into all the whole canadian political scene so really yeah you oh. know oh okay yeah so okay. <clears throat> anyway he filled me out on this whole because i was like because i came across this post on twitter today that was like reasons the prime minister might not be leaving the house and they had all the like the covid reasons there and then he had only like one of them circled and then it was like he's like is this a meme he's or like is 18 it? days past pressing and then the other one was all these reasons for divorce court where you might end up on house arrest and a bunch of them were circled and i was just like and i was actually laughing about it and and Kev was like, no, no. He's like, you you haven't heard about this. He's like, this has been going on since way before COVID. People have been speculating on their marriage. Mm. I mean, I don't want to air this guy's dirty laundry, but I mean, it's just another another thing to add to the pack, the pile of reasons why our leader, for whatever fucking He's reason, not our leader, our elected official, whatever, <laughs> he he doesn't figure himself an essential service. Does he honestly think he can be as effective at home without? Like, well, I mean, because you see, setting an example. you see us just around our office, <clears throat> trying to communicate with this video chat and everything else, and it's yeah. a fucking gong show. And there is moistly speaking people there. I mean, there's totally today moistly I had speaking spittle coming there. out of people's mouths. You were dodging spittle all day. <laughs> this is moist. The moist talkers to the most, <laughs> to the max, to the max. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I just like so, but. Trying to communicate that way. It works for what we do here to do an interview where somebody's got a spiel. When we're like what, trying to do it for our work, where we're trying to like manage things. It even sucks doing an interview. I it, mean, come on. Yeah, it'd be much better to have them in, in person, but it works better for that even yeah. than five or six of us trying to figure something out over, oh, it's so, over it's Google so Talk. It's so inefficient. It's so inefficient. So now we got these guys trying to run the country during a time of crisis. I mean, Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Uh, I don't think it is. Probably lots of you do and lots of you don't. I'm not going to judge. Well, it's a manufactured crisis. It's a crisis of some sort, whether it's manufactured, whether it's real, whether it's a hoax. Well, it's not a hoax. Regardless of that. Well, it could be. It might be exaggerated. Anyway, Rand Paul had it. And he's now a volunteer doctor. And now he's been volunteering for like two weeks. Trudeau might have had it, so he's just going to stay home. Trudeau's wife possibly had it. Not even him. No, she tested positive. No, that's right. No one ever said he had it. So has anyone talked about her? What's going on with her? She's clear now. She's good to go. Oh, he doesn't have it at all? We don't know. No, he never had it. No. He's been self-isolating for a month. Without any COVID anything. During during arguably one of the biggest crises in Canadian history, and he's trying to solve problems over fucking Zoom. Probably not Zoom, because we just found out that's Chinese spyware. (laughs) But Skype, Google Talk, FaceTime, I don't know. Whatever he's doing, I would much rather that those people... I mean, I don't know. I come from a people where they're like... A people? A people, my people. Where the where if you're in a war, like the chiefs out in front, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not yeah. hiding in his house because there's an invisible enemy. Yeah, <laughs> like he's fucking forty five. What this guy might get the flu. He might get sick for a couple weeks. That's too risky. Come on, he can't pass it on to all the older representatives in government. I mean, he's got to think about his team around him. They're all older. So wear a scuba mask. You're the fucking prime minister. Boris Yeltsin's in the hospital. 
No, no, no. That's <laughs> Yeltsin. <laughs> not Yeltsin. Did we mention this is an intro name? for Johnson. Del Big Tree? Did yes. we talk about how? Yeah, yeah, that's a fantastic episode. Yeah, I know he's in the hospital. He's got it. I don't know. I, I'm sus- suspect that all these famous people have it. That's too weird. It is weird. It's Very way strange. too weird. Very strange. Unless it's <laughs> manufactured. Unless it's manufactured. <laughs> it's beginning to seem like it was scripted. And a bunch of people got the script, all the people. And this is just my theory. Well, maybe it's just my theory. Maybe because event 201 said it was, uh, the messaging had to be, uh, correct. And you had to find your trusted messengers. Those are all the people that were probably got handed the script afterward, you know, with a little, I think it's a fire drill. And in some ways when it first started, that's what I said. You know, if, if this wakes everybody up and they all realize that they're not prepared and they all begin to get prepared, that's a good thing, you know? But now it's beginning to look like this is just going to be like an eternal lockdown. And they're trying to follow the script. And the script has models that allow the script to continue. And the models are falling apart. But the models and the reality of the data that we have aren't matching up. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. And so the models are beginning to collapse. And then the narrative Over collapses. and over and over. And I, and I think part of it, too, is we just live in this fucking new world where they can't just cram shit down our throats anymore. Yep. There's a million different people dissecting the data from a million different angles, and it's just the the narrative just it almost doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, I mean this is this is probably one of the strongest narratives I've seen of my time, and nobody's buying it. I mean, not nobody. I'd put it at about fifty fifty again, maybe a little over fifty fifty because there's some people like I mean, there's some fence sitters I know. That it's like one day it's a scam and the next day, oh my God, run for the hills. But yeah, it's... Uh, I think people are realizing it's not, that it's, it's a, re- a real threat, but it's getting overblown. There's a ton of people that are think it's bullshit that are too scared to say so too. I found that out today. I, sh- I shouldn't say actually on air, I might get arrested, but I shook a couple hands today. Because I went to do the elbow touch and it's my buddy, I haven't seen him in a while and he's just like... You can shake my fucking hand, man. And we both kind of look around. (laughs) Nobody's looking. (laughs) Quick handshake. And, you know, it felt good. Felt good to shake a hand. Yeah, of course. Maybe I'll die for it. But you know what? It was fucking worth it. I think I don't want to live in a world where we can't shake hands. I know. I know. It seems creepy. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Being it's, six feet apart from each other, even on thing, and it's like, it's no, creepy. If everybody would just learn to dry talk, we wouldn't have this problem. I mean, how did Justin end up saying more? I think he regretted it right after he said Oh, he said oh, that. I totally don't did. think it right was Right after in his he script. said that, he's like, ah, that's a bad image or something Really? Like that. Did he? Yeah, it was like right after. Because <clears throat> he's talking about what? And it looked like he was reading off a teleprompter. Yeah, he was so reading. Someone typed it up. Him. Someone yeah. was messing with no. him, I think. I think he got well, set up. Well, I don't know. You could that. type that in, and I, I was thinking about that today. I think he you know got what? Set up. If I was typing that in, it might not look too bad. But when you say it, it, it doesn't sound good. Is that after It might look okay that, written down. That homemade scarves and, and putting shirts around your face and stuff is okay to do in public? Like if people have it to do that? It prevents you from speaking moistly. Is that what it was? Yeah. Jeez. I'd like to believe the theory that he's under house arrest, but it's not because of a marital issue. And it's because mega QRQ mm-hmm. where we go one, we go all. I'd love for that to be true because too. He was in league with all sorts of, he's basically placed there. I like him as a Manchurian candidate too. That makes a lot of sense. 
you know, he was born into the whole thing and they've had control of him over with MK, like his entire life. Totally. And then he, uh, MK ultra. Yeah. Is there another MK? I don't know. Well, just mind control in general. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the ultra program, (laughs) but he's probably monarch. Well, most mind control would be MC. Could be capstone. Who knows? No, it's, it's a German. So it's MK. Ah, Mein Kampf. No, that's different. That's my, (laughs) that's my plan. Anyway, um, so that he's under house arrest and then he, um, because he can't come out, you know, he's, what was my point? It was going to be on the beginning. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, we hope that that's the case for a lot of things. I mean, and then his speeches are being written by someone who's not like friendly to him at all. That's, that's his captors. That was my point. Right. So like maybe Q is his speech writer now. That would be hilarious. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to get too deep into the conspiracies because Dell, like, you know, I want to respect Dell and his scientific, uh, you know, ethics and the way he follows the data. It was on amazing this show, to watch, you know? to, to be part of that. Yeah. Dell was amazing. And he, you know, he, he says, I'm not getting into the conspiracies and stuff. I mean, that's, no. I mean, we could talk about it a little bit here, but I love to just <clears throat> play in theory, but that's not yeah. Dell at all. Yeah. Dell is, he lays it down and he's done his research. He yeah. has an amazing team all around him. Yeah. And he's good at what he's doing, but he definitely puts he's some, doing it. Yeah. And he definitely puts some perspective on the vaccine issue and, and how sure. this how this correlates to COVID and the and the global vaccine. I mean, and everybody's this is what I think you're talking about with the citizen journalism and all these memes going out there when people are Bill Gates is going through a shitstorm right now uh, because dude, I gotta say this show these sh- interviews with Dell are the ones that give me the greatest glimmer of hope. Yeah, out of all of them because oh. this is a show that these are the types of shows that we used to do with fellows like Rappaport before Dell was even big into it and. We used to get fucking shouted down. Like you do an anti-vax show, and even in our conspiracy sort of corner that we seem to be in, um, you'd still get shit. Ninety percent of the feedback would be, "What are you doing?" Blah blah blah. Vaccines save lives. Even some of our biggest fans are emailing me privately saying, "You know what? If you're wrong, don't you feel a little bit uncomfortable doing this?" And blah 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 blah. Now. <clears throat> We do these shows. I mean, the the last one we did with Dell had like almost 20,000 people watching on Facebook before they canned it. This show here, by the time we went to bed, usually the live shows on YouTube and Facebook, they end up getting three, four, five hundred views on each channel because people tend to find the show on YouTube and then start listening to the audio. And then because the audio is always going up, 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 the video numbers tend to stay the same go up slowly, but most people find us on one of these platforms and then they'll start listening to just the audio because for what we do without a lot of visuals, it's more conducive to everybody's life. But now again, last night, by the time I went to bed last night between YouTube and Facebook, this, this interview has already been viewed over 4,000 times and it's shared on Facebook, like wildfire more than like, so just like this video in the first three hours will get shared more on Facebook than our last 20 posts combined have been shared over the course of the last two weeks in a matter of hours. So Dell's got a huge following that's very hardcore and sticks with them. I'm sure they watch every single thing oh, yeah. he posts all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just fucking, it's changing. 
For sure. This is the one that might, it's the one I thought was probably least likely to switch in our lifetime. And now I'm starting to think it might be the opposite. It might be the one that's most likely to start seeing some major, major pushback. I'm seeing major pushback already. Well, and it says something when they, when they shut it down, because they obviously don't, that there's, who was saying that, that I think it was an upcoming guest of ours, James True was talking about how you can tell by the amount of pushback and the amount of censorship that maybe. Oh yeah, for sure. There's something real behind it. Totally. They don't want us to talk about stuff like that. Global warming, debate global warming and vaccines, two of the biggest ones, you know. Yeah. Biggest narratives. You talk about big narratives, those are the big narratives. I, that the globalists are pushing and they don't want to do debate Do you think about. the global warming one's coming down as quickly as the vaccine one, though? I find the vaccine one is more... Not now, it won't A lot because, of people have more skin in the game. Well, you know why? Because only so many people can personally show see injuries happen to their family before it starts to build... Yeah, a, a, before a wave you have a of critical people, mass. Exactly, of people that are talking to other people that they love, and those people Whereas who might have all been in on vaccines at one point are now like, oh boy, well, my sister's son got injured or my brother's kid died, and that only takes a matter of time before this real effect on people's lives takes fruition and starts to wake people up. And global warming is a little different. It's a little more intangible, right? Everybody's- yeah, that's what I mean. It's a lot less personal. <clears throat> yeah. You're a lot less likely to get passionate about it but don't i mean don't be surprised if they don't combine the two together now that we've all been in lockdown that the earth is cooled down by so and so degrees it's going to be a regular thing they're going to try and prove that they're already talking about it you know the memes about the clearer water in the, the sky and all this other stuff that's my big concern when people think that i'm a crazy person for thinking that this is all fucking wacky and we shouldn't be doing it is that because once we, when we just listen this easily and just let them do this sort of thing and don't push back, then what, you know, they're going to let us out in fucking May and then they're going to lock us back up in November. Bill Gates wants to block the sun, September. right? There's, he said, I mean, he's going through a shitstorm because everybody's seeing all of Bill's connections with Epstein at the worst and all these other global elites and his, his, foundations are funding all the stuff he wants to block the sun to 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 try and help global warming and then he wants to vaccinate everybody he's tied into this id 2020 that i want to talk about in a bit he's what what, what did you have for him too you had he's some stuff on him too, right i mean oh, that's totally the conflict of interests are unbelievable fauci's on his board i mean isn't there some conflicts of interest there with people trying to tell trump what to do when they're on the board of the vaccine makers and all that like that's getting pretty fucking yeah, it looks Shifty. to me like Trump and his crowd are totally against the Bill Gates <clears throat> crowd. And the Gates are the ones who have launched this whole COVID thing on everyone. I mean, event 201, and then I was reading uh, today that the Army Intelligence knew about the COVID thing going on in China in November of last year. And that was only, you know, a month after the event 201 thing was launched. And they got together all the top people who are working on it and who are putting it out right now. That's what I was trying to say is that, and this is just my theory, but it seems as though a script was handed out to a lot of different governments and corporations and all sorts of different people. Getting a little moist over there. Yeah. This still sounds kind of tinny. I don't know what it is, but. Yeah, you sound good. You sound good. Yeah. Yeah. You're just not used to sounding this sexy. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Totally. Do you have a? You got really wet at the end there. Do you have a moist? <laughs> do you have a moist clip to play, or? You... I have a moist. Okay, yeah, you guys, I'll play it. Fuck it. 
Okay, you guys keep talking. Yeah, so, I mean... So it kind of seems like it's the Gates crowd against whatever this Trump crowd is, you know? But the Gates thing had it totally locked up. Almost like COVID, you know how COVID is supposedly this virus that only a small portion of it injects in, like, connects to the cell? Have you followed all that, the actual microbiome? A little bit, a little bit. On our elbows, these are the things, the things we know, we know. This is Trudeau's speech from today. People want to wear a mask. I think it was yesterday, huh? It's okay. These are the things, the things we know that prevents you from speaking moistly. Speaking moistly. That's oh it. I mean, who is that again? Credit the guy that that's made just that. That's just JT. JT, Justin Trudeau. Oh, who made that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who made the video? Trudeau made it. <laughs> An- Anonymotive. It really is better if you watch it on YouTube. So oh, it's, it's great. We'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah, send me the link to that. I'm going to try yeah. and get permission from Anonymotive to play the whole thing at the end of the show if he responds quickly because I'm releasing this motherfucker tonight. But... Uh, so I, I'm I'm thoroughly convinced that that is now Trudeau's legacy. I you know the dressing up like an Indian, all of it. I don't know if it's just because it's so fresh, but I don't know. This just well, tops. the paper cup, the plastic cup thing was pretty good. Too. That this is better than that. <laughs> yeah, this is better than that. There's the the water boxes. Yeah, the water. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there? There was another one that was good. The people kind. <laughs> so I would say the top three contenders are people kind, water boxes. And, and now speaking, speaking moistly. Yeah. Yeah, but he's just oh. a good distraction. That's all. Well, he's a trauma teacher, so he's yeah. he's doing it. He's nailing it. He's got it going on. So, what do you got? <coughs> oh well, this. Uh, well, we want to continue on. I didn't. Oh yeah, I interrupted, interrupted Michael. Michael there in the middle of what he was saying, but <clears throat> I think it's pretty much that. Uh, I mean, the who the who's falling apart too. I mean, they, I mean, we just talked last night. I think Waddell is uh, Trump was. Threatening to Defund to stop the, the funding. I mean, and you look at the guy that's running it, he's sketchy. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing just seems to be, now I'm a little bit more leery about the whole thing. Well, Less it, just seemed like, the, it just seems like with the whole COVID thing, it's just this one little part that attaches onto the cell and gets into the cell. And uh, what they're saying is the problem is that other parts of this supposedly this COVID virus, you can be reinfected by other different parts of it. Like only portions of its RNA will go in. And then if you build antibodies to that, then another coronavirus could come along, which they're all around us all the time. So of course that's what happens. I think they're making a big deal out of nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, like with the climate change, you can't, it's too big. You can't see it really. You can point out chemtrails and such in the sky and maybe forests that have dried out because of, you know, all that falling on them again and again and again. And now the trees are falling over because they've all dried out. But with COVID, it's so small with viruses, you can't see it. So it's either just out of range and too big or too small, you know? Yeah. And so then you have to trust the virologists, the experts, rule rule by experts, technocracy. And then if they start making models that are off, just like the climate models have been off, I mean, none of these models are working because they're being manipulated. There's an agenda behind all these models. Right. Yeah. There's a script and there's models and the data. And if the, the, if they don't 
come together enough, then the script starts to fall apart. Buddy's UK model's down to 7,000. Oh, it's just brutal. From 500,000 to 7,000. So it's, it's almost down 500 fold. And the, the um, E201 was saying that 65 million would die over the 18 month drill or period or whatever it's called, simulation or whatever it is. It does seem to be some sort of a drill for sure. So the ID2020, which Microsoft is an investor, it's one of the partners in that, bringing privacy-protecting, portable, and user-centric digital identity to life. So ID2020 supports the digital identity programs that both directly improve lives and generate needed evidence for how we maximize the potential of digital ID for everybody. You think that's why he sold all those Microsoft shares so that when he starts really, really pushing for this, you know what? What if he runs for president? I don't think, uh, I don't think, uh, he could do he it. want to do that. No, uh, maybe. I, mean, I don't know. It'd be a reason to fucking leave all your shit from Microsoft so you could become president and make everyone get a Microsoft ID tag. The need for good digital ID is universal. The ability to prove who you are is fundamental and a universal human right. Because we live in a digital era, we need a trusted and reliable way to do that both in the physical world and online. We need to get digital ID right. Unfortunately, current models of digital ID do not meet everybody's needs. They're generally archaic, insecure, lacking adequate privacy protection, and for over a billion people worldwide, unavailable. Everybody should have access to digital ID that enables them to prove who they are across institutional and international borders and across time while giving them control over how their personal information is collected, used, and shared. Sure. Have you ever seen Jupiter Ascending? That's yeah, that totally great. what this yeah. sounds like. I feel like... Oh, oh my God. Oh be, my God. That's why it's people not are making be this Biden, connection. Though. Do you think it'll be Hillary? That's why people... So here's the alliances. I, it's gonna, of course it's going to be Hillary. I'm not so That's sure. That's why Gates doesn't want to go in, because Hillary's already coming in. I think it might in. be Gates or fucking Cuomo. No, I, I feel like Cuomo is additioning no, right no, now. No, no, no. Hillary, they, they, they won't take it away from her. Anyways, I was wondering why bucks. people are are saying this ID 2020 no, and vaccines and stuff, right? That's such a good look for him when he does that thing and he has his eyes going down like... So many memes, so many great memes. So here's the here's the uh, the alliance partners in this ID twenty twenty Microsoft, ideal dot org. That's a design and culting uh, culting <laughs> consulting firm. Yeah, Freudian slip. Accenture is global management consulting and professional services. Gavi, this is where this is why everybody's up in arms probably. The Vaccine Alliance brings together public and private sectors with the shared goal of creating equal access to new and underused vaccines for children living in the world's poorest countries. It's most of the stuff that's and the Rock- not up to snuff. And the Rockefeller Foundation. The stuff so, that's not up to snuff for there's the your, West tends to be the stuff that ends up in yeah. those poor countries. And there's your partners for the ID2020. And no wonder why they're thinking that the vaccines are part of this whole thing, right? Hasn't Bill Gates been caught like trying to sterilize Africans a couple of times now? Dude, there's a oh, meme yeah. out there that's like, here's the guy that wants to let me let me get this straight. It's like Woody Harrelson or something in, in this in this meme saying, Let me get this straight. The guy who said he wants to start depopulating the earth with vaccines is the one who's making the vaccine that everybody wants to take. Yep. Yeah. That's how they get you. Yep. Mind boggling. Comes from a family, all of his friends, everybody's into depopulation. 
And yet you want to get in line for his vaccine? That's right. Closing the identity gap is an enormous challenge. It will take the work of many committed people and organizations coming together across different geographies, sectors, and technologies. But it's exciting. Sounds like a brand. But it's exciting like to a, cattle. Well, that's why they have that brand. That's why they have that. One of those partners is a branding company, right? To imagine a world like where cattle? safe, secure digital identities are possible, providing everyone with an essential building block to every right and opportunity they deserve. Peggy Johnson, Executive VP, Business Development of Microsoft. I mean, this is one of those things that's coming anyways, probably in our lifetime. Do we resist it? Yeah, I, mean, I fucking resist it. I know, but it's eventually like you can't say in a hundred or two hundred years from now that everybody's going to be not identified digitally or with something injected or some way that we're all tracked. You know, unless yeah, maybe there's a two. I mean, unless maybe the 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 population splits into two, the people that sort of go off the grid and primitive and don't want to be part of this technocracy. Or I had a dream about that over Christmas. I got really sick. I got. I don't know if it, did you guys get sick? Yeah, yeah, the, that's initial walking pneumonia. I was super, I was super sick for like a week, totally, and I had a high fever. And I woke up from the fever one morning with this dream that I had to write down. And moist mouth. And I don't do that that often. And so I jumped up and I was writing this, like furiously writing this dream down. And the first part was like a um, a futuristic type world where everyone was they all had the same mind, you know, they all kind of saw it the same way. And in my dream, I was kind of like questioning things like I normally do. And as soon as I would question something, everyone would turn to look at me. They could like read, they could read that I was like not not, supposed to be there, you know, but there was really cool stuff. We were like at this airport and the, the planes were like a hover type craft that it was above us. And you could just go up in this elevator to get into it. It was nothing like, And then it just kind of like drifts off, you know, it's very futuristic. And then the next part of the dream was in this like abandoned, almost bombed out business tower or something. And all these people who are highly uh, like gifted, maybe I would say, but they were all just dirt poor. They were all just living off whatever scraps they could get, you know. And, um, this bus came in, they were all excited that this, somebody had stolen a bus or something like a city bus. And it came and for some reason they wanted this because it wasn't in, it wasn't trackable. It wasn't part of whatever they had. Right. It was still technology, but it wasn't online or something. And it's just weird walking around all these people in that dream. You know, they were, some of them were real adepts probably, but other, the rest of them were just super crazy, you know? And they were all in dire straits and damn, that was the dream. Basically mm. dire straits is an underrated band. What, what really yeah. money for nothing? Uh, Chicks for free. I got sick of that like 10 times after I heard it. Really? Yeah. You, you still just time. fucking listen to Pink Floyd over no, no, and no, over. No. Uh, are you looking to do that project operation this week? No, I did it. That you... was ID 2020. I didn't play the jingle. I know. That's okay. Is that an op- project operation? Uh, no, this but it's going to fall into that category this eventually? year. Eventually, yeah. I was looking a, up the Pogo and the Zephyr, but Pogo like it's the mop? A, it was a bit too sketchy to find out. And then I found there's a there's a different Pogo project. But oh, you bailed. I didn't. On it? I you bailed. Really got to start yeah. look. Start looking. It at takes a lot of research. Right I, know, the show. I know. I know. This is like those, I was a bit worried because I don't want to start talking about something I was going to you know, do. Yeah, it was like I didn't do any research on it. I just pick them up and start <laughs> reading, and I'm like. 15 pages in, I was like, this book fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
Ooh. I think I was even live streaming one of them. I just shut it down. I do have a quote here, though. Ooh, profound. I do have a quote from the homepage of Project Pogo and Project Zephyr. Speaking of Pogo, <laughs> who gave me the mop? Who gave us the mop? Uh, John. John. John Near. John Near. Thanks, Nira. buddy. This mop came up. Mopped the floor with it. Seemed to work pretty good. It vibrates. It feels cool. I don't know if I'm doing it right. Yeah, he sent us a little update from China. Did you watch that uh, I that didn't. email? I did not. Um, I think it was uh, vibrating mops. So, like, do I even want to know? That's like this. Uh, he had quit his job, and him and his buddy had designed this new like floor buff and mop thing. Hmm. And he was like, "Hey, I'll send you guys one." And I completely forgot about it. And then Graham shows up the other day with this new crazy mop thing. And I was like, I was, I'm still using the like Swiffer wet jet, mm -hmm. but I was used to be in that little apartment. Now I've got a lot of Florida kind of wash up there and it's that dark wood. So it's got to be a little more clean. And then this thing shows up like three days after I move in and it just works perfect. It awesome. feels cool because it vibrates like a floor buffer. I feel like I need a Walkman on and be listening to some tunes like total 80s style when I do it. That's a total vibe it gives off. I'll let you play with it a little before uh, mm -hmm. before you leave. He so sent us an update. He sent <laughs> us an update from China and actually it was the YouTube video from Dr. Shiva. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but he's running for Senate. And I got another email that was in my junk actually about Dr. Shiva. And he's really pushing hard against this. He's like hashtag fire Fauci and the shutdown. Like, and he's, a, he's an MIT PhD guy. He blasts oh, Fauci hard. Oh, yeah. wow. Is he, I mean, it's fantastic. I was to really hear, into guys. it until I knew, found out he was running for Senate. But. Well, why, why, why did that, uh, he's trying to make a difference. Yeah, like that's know. the kind of guy that needs to be in there. You know, yeah, it's probably good. You're right. Yeah. I don't think he'll, he'd end up, uh, corrupt. hopefully, hopefully yeah. everything changes for sure. And I got a, so I got an email from Robert Klein about this. He says the deep state is trying to hide about CV and that's Dr. Shiva. And he says, um, da, 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 da. as an East Indian guy, Dr. Shiva was born in India to an untouchable family. They moved to the great state of New Jersey and at the age of 14, he invests email invents. He meant to say what he can prove it. He goes to MIT and a Fulbright scholarship gets four degrees, one in biochemical engineering. Um, he believes the virus is bioengineered and the subsequent furor will be used to force a mass mandatory vaccination program on all of us. Subsequent? He says, now get this, he is trying to convince Trump to use herbal medicine to boost immunity and solve the crisis. His mother was a village healer. He has a company using high-tech analysis to make medicines from plants, hammers, Fauci, and vaccines in general. The upshot, he's running for the state in the great state running for Senate in the great state of Massachusetts and hates Elizabeth Warren. He seems to be doing well in the polls. He knows, who knows, they elected Mitt Romney governor. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, he takes a shot at Bobby Kennedy Jr. for endorsing Hillary Clinton. Maybe he deserves it. Anyway, they should team up. He even hammers Monsanto. And I think he sent the same YouTube video to me that, uh, that John sent us. John Nira? So yeah, that's an interesting one. I'll put that in the show notes as well for people to watch it. It's pretty mind blowing. Ooh, the show notes will be popping. This yeah. definitely, he's definitely hopeful for sure. Yeah. It's the profound quote of the week. Darren, can you guess it? It's the profound quote of the week. 
Can you guess the human who spoke it or wrote it down? Profound quote of the week. Bernie Taylor reaching out again. Yep. I hung the, I just hung his picture up yesterday. <laughs> that throw you off from your quote? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You do your quote. Yeah. I think I know why he's reaching out again. Wolfins? Dogs? No, I'll ch- I'll, I'll while you're doing your quote, I'll I'll dig in. So where's my book? Where's my quote book? Where's the octopus of global control? Oh, I think we lost I hope we didn't lose it in the move, did we? I haven't seen it yet. Well, maybe go check out there. All right. I got one anyways. Okay. This is from JFK. Exposes the ruthless conspiracy, the president, and the press speech. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies on covert means for expanding its sphere on influence, on infiltration, of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day, it is a system which has conspired, conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. John F. Kennedy. And then... What? Did they have uh, a date? No. I wonder if that was like a week before, two weeks before, a year before. Do you remember? I want to say it wasn't it much, wasn't much, too far before. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty close. I remember as a kid though reading that again and again. Really? And again. really? For some reason, there was something about it that just that happened to you. It seemed really. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the things that happened to me. Yeah. My grandparents had one of those Time Life books. I don't know if you remember those. They were like, yep, fifteen I was inches tall. I was Reader's Digest more, and it was a bunch of images that a kid just you know back in the day. It was just kind of out there. How you old know? were you then? Because National Geographic and everything. I was a big Reader's Digest. I used to steal them from my grandma all the time. Really? Yeah. And you know what I was thinking? Actually, I remember for like my, like, for Christmas when I was like, I don't know, it must have been like 91 maybe. Not, it's very early 90s. I remember getting like the Desert Storm picture book. <laughs> oh my God. Really? It was just like the USA kicking Well, ass. it had to be after 91. I think that was. Yeah. Like, whenever it happened, yeah. I was Fuck, I wonder if I still have that book kicking around. I would love to have that book. It was basically just about the USA kicking ass in Iraq. They they, they released it as a as a picture book. Wow. And I got it as a teenager, as a wow. young boy. Yeah. Jeez. You were, so Thanks, Michael Mom. was red pill. Yeah, you were red pill pretty early by a JFK quote then? Yeah, well, I mean, I, that, I don't know. That was probably eight. So that was like in 82 or wow. 83 or something. And, and when, I would just pour over that book, you know, totally yeah. just all over. And then did you, what did you think about that picture book? Did it, you didn't get obsessed with oh, the military no, I, or anything? No, like as a no. kid, like what did you think? Just, was it, did you get any weird vibes from it at all? No. No? At the time, I didn't think anything of it. it seemed normal, I guess. Because that's some of the, like, that reminds me of some of the Pink Floyd lyrics. I mean, at that time, I'm just thinking some that of the, wake, the, wake the up, USA like, is doing to the it machine, for all the right and, reasons, right? Yeah. I wasn't yeah. yeah. I wasn't exposed to anyone that was like anti what was yeah. going on or yeah. anything like that. Like makes you wonder what my kids are going to grow up like cuz I'm always like I don't know about that. <laughs> 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 anyway, we should get into the interview. Support yeah. the show. primerica.ca/support. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the audio might sound a little better this week. I spent uh, almost 500 bucks on gear. 
I got a new, finally got the new preamp. So, Michael, we can hear Michael. He sounds wonderful. I do. And you'll be able to adjust the guest volume. Like this is basically the last, I think the the last last thing I've been wanting, I've been wanting another preamp for a while. And then what I did is I went, uh, I've been wanting a better preamp for us. Cause when I got our preamp, it was when we first started, it was the first piece of equipment we bought other than the mixer. Cause we couldn't figure out how to get enough fucking volume out of anything. So we've been using the entry level one. So I bought us like a nice, a nice one. Nice, not nice, nice. I mean, the nice ones are thousands, but a good mid-range one, 300 bucks, 350 bucks or something like that. It sounds great. And it gives us the ability to pass the other one down, which uh, is why Michael can sound great. And I was playing with the Skype and we're going to have a ton more control over that. I mean, not only that, but the sound, it sounded better right out, right away. I noticed the difference right away. Oh, totally. Well, me and, you are, me and you are through a very, a much better preamp now. Yeah. So our sound should be a lot more clean. We're also through a high end now. Uh, oh, I forget uh, Buddy's Twitter handle from Manitoba. He sent us the honey and the skull. Oh, yeah. And that EQ, which we still use. I mean, it's a nice enough EQ. We just went with a higher end one. Um, we're still using the old one because it is like a good 12 or 15 channel EQ there, 15. So now we have that for Michael and the guest. So I was okay. able to dial Michael in exactly where he wanted to be. And it's going to give us a ton of control over our Skype guests. Now our volume for our Skype computers at 20 instead of 100 before. For the last, like, while, everything's been at a maxed for the yeah. Skype guest. Yeah. Which has come with some bad sounds and stuff over a few episodes. I'm sure a few of you heard them. We've been having some issues. That's all sorted now. Another fucking 500 bucks worth of gear. And I think now even, like, a slight hum and stuff like that, I can find one EQ that hits it and turn it all the way down without affecting the overall sound too much. And give us a ton of control. Hopefully it's worth it. So far, I'm impressed. I'm liking how we're sounding today. America.ca slash support. If you can afford, this is the kind of stuff we spend the support on. It helps us keep growing, keep getting better, keep expanding, keep growing. Maybe one day it'll let us just keep interviewing over and over, and we could give you an episode a day. Keep we don't taking know. chances. Exactly. Yeah, we can't, <clears throat> we can't do it without everybody. Just we like Dell was saying. We don't, you guys. Not, you know, this is, I think this is the way to go. No advertising. We don't have to worry about what we talk about. No. Just like, yeah. if we don't do a good show, people don't donate. Guys. If we do a good show, people donate. It's All a value right. for value model. And just like Dell, I'm surprised to see Dell's doing the same thing. He's like. And speaking of value for value, this is the first of our extra content. This show's coming out midweek. We've got Another extra one interviews weekend, lined up yeah, on yeah. Saturday. We're going to kind of committing. We, 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 we're not quite committing to doubling the content, but we said we're going to go to probably six shows a week for now. And if we can get a few more than that, that's what we'll do. Now that we're living close by each other and have moved the studio back into the home, um, it gives me the ability to fix up the studio, do stuff like this, and it gives us the ability to start doing more content. So look for at least 50% more content in your thing, plus the black budget. We've been doing some more of that, some more audio books in there. Also, um, are you still going to do that uh, reading? Are you going to upload that so I can release it? Should I? Might that's as well. a that's very coronavirusy. Yeah, let's, it's a letter. To it, the, it's a letter to the White House about uh, if it you being a bioweapon. If you read it, let me post it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, you might as well. All right, okay. I got it. I'm sure I got it. I can upload it. Uh, so there. support if you can. Those are the kinds of things we do. It does make a huge difference. Otherwise, we wouldn't have any of this fancy gear, which does give us the ability to hopefully keep improving the sound. 
keep coming at you with more content, which gives us the ability to keep booking bigger and bigger guests and more often, which is what you guys seem to like. So support the show if you can, when you can, grammarica.ca slash support. We love you for it. We especially love all you motherfuckers that are doing it already because we'd be lost without you. Uh, Enjoy the chat with the one and only Dell Big Tree. This is great timing to have Dell Bigtree back on the show. He produced the documentary Vaxxed, and he's also the host of the talk show Highwire, which is an incredible internet talk show. He's also got a nonprofit, ICanDecide.org, which investigates drug and vaccine fraud. And Dell is one of the clearest and loudest voices in the vaccine safety right now, and it's a good timing to have you back on and talk about all this, Dell. Thanks for coming back. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, what interesting times. I, I think we're going to try and get uh i mean we wanted to have you on even before this thing uh this whole covid thing came about because you had some pretty big news in the uh vaccine safety department with the court case and the cdc and all that do you want to can we talk about that maybe and flesh that out a little bit before we jump into the current events yeah sure let's just uh you know i mean it's it's crazy that feels like a year ago i think it was like maybe six weeks ago or something yeah You know, we sued the CDC and one that used to be news, but under the circumstances, <laughs> you know, it's getting it's getting it's outshined by all of us being quarantined around the world. Maybe that's uh, why. Yeah, could be. <laughs> I mean, so uh, as as just for people that are brand new to your show, uh, I was a producer on the daytime talk show, The Doctors, for six years on CBS. So I'm a medical uh, investigative journalist and producer. I won an Emmy Award celebrating the best that science and medicine has to offer. So I come at things a little bit differently than most people uh, uh, think. And I, and I think a lot of times people try to accuse me of like being anti-vaccine or having some agenda. But the truth is, is I'm really just passionate about science, uh, which is why I've been deep in COVID. And we're going to get into that. But before all this broke loose, um, You know, one of the biggest discussions that we have in the world today is autism. Autism continues to increase at uh, really uh, exponential growing numbers. Uh, It it sounds like we may even downgrade this year to even further. We're somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, one in in 50 to one in 30 children, depending on what study you look at right now. uh, One in 30 children being diagnosed with autism. They think that rate's going to go up even more. And if you think about it, boys are more susceptible. So that means boys are at like one in 20 uh, or so boys is now being diagnosed with autism, at least in America. I know you guys are in Canada. Your numbers are close, but maybe not exactly the same. 
Um, and so that's really what started my investigation. That's what made me leave the doctor's television show was I made this documentary Vaxxed about Dr. William Thompson, who is the, the uh, head of the epidemiology study looking at the connection between the MMR vaccine and autism. He came forward as a whistleblower, said they'd committed scientific fraud and that they had seen a causal relationship between the MMR vaccine and autism. Well, I traveled the country with that film. And one of the things that was surprising, uh, you know, as we travel the nation, we had thousands of parents coming up and, and telling their stories, inspired by the film, saying, this is how my child got autism or my child died after a flu shot. So I started hearing about all of these other vaccines. Uh, the film was really only about MMR, the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine. We give it between 12 and 18 months old in America. I think Canada is about the same. And, you know, there was, you know, concern for years that MMR causes autism. That was the focus of the film. But as I traveled the country, I started recognizing that more parents were saying to me, you know, my child never got to the MMR. They talk about your film. We lost our child right after the DTaP vaccine. Wow. And it got so prevalent, that statement, that it did make me think that I was wrong about the MMR. I just thought, wow, there are even more parents that think DTaP vaccine caused their autism. What kind of studies have been done looking at that vaccine? And so um, that's been a journey. Now, I started my nonprofit Informed Consent Action Network. We've had multiple lawsuits against government agencies now and, and won all of them. We won a lawsuit against the National Institute of Health, Health and Human Services, the FDA. And then recently, this biggest one was the CDC. And we asked a very simple question. We are told that vaccines do not cause autism, that thousands of studies have been done. Mountains of science have proven that vaccines don't cause autism. It's what every pediatrician says. You know, but I have a hard time with that because there are arguably millions of parents around the world all describing an event. And, you know, you know, they say that at least half of people with children with autism believe it was the vaccine that did it. They point to the vaccine. They show family videos of their child running around saying, I love you, mommy. I love you, daddy. And then right after the vaccination, you know, whether it's a well baby visit or, you know, whenever it took place, then videos of the kid falling down or not able to talk anymore, you know, in diapers now until they're, you know, in, as, in adulthood. So there is this story is so prevalent that I've always been skeptical of the science around it, saying that the parents are dead wrong. It's really, really rare that parents are wrong about, you know, issues that involve the health of their children. And at the numbers we're talking about, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, it's almost impossible for all these parents to be wrong. So that being said, the CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, when you go in for a vaccination, you get what's called the VSD sheet. And it says it's basically the vaccine safety, you know, the vaccine safety sheet. And it tells you, you know, this vaccine may cause some swelling around the arm and some fussiness, maybe a light fever. And then it says if you have any more questions about side effects, go to this website right on the sheet. Well, if you go to that website, it's the CDC. The first thing that comes up at the top of the page is vaccines do not cause autism. It doesn't say, you know, the MMR vaccine doesn't cause autism like our movie was about. It literally says basically all 16 vaccines that we give in 72 doses have been proven to not cause autism. And so we asked a simple question. Since we are now diagnosing autism younger and younger, and we've gotten really good at it, now they say you can diagnose autism at about six months of age. 
Now, if the parents are correct that, that vaccines have anything to do with it, then we really need to focus on the vaccines given in that first six months of life. MMR doesn't come until you're a year old, which is much later. So we said, and since every vaccine apparently has been proven to not cause autism, we asked specifically about those first six uh, vaccines given in multiple doses at two months, four months, six months old. So that includes the HIV vaccine, uh, hepatitis B vaccine, uh, the Prevnar 13 vaccine, the polio vaccine, and then, of course, dip. DTAP, diphtheria, tetanus, and acellular pertussis. The vaccine I told you, more parents, thousands of them told me around the world, that's what caused my child's autism. And so we put a simple request out to the CDC. We use something called the Freedom of Information Act request. They're called FOIAs. Uh, something we have in this country where the government works for us. So they have to provide us with information that they've researched and looked at. And so here was our question. We said we would simply like all of the studies that the CDC references when it makes the claim that the DTaP vaccine doesn't cause autism. And then we did it again. We made another request. Same thing. We would like to see all of the studies the CDC referenced when coming to the conclusion that vaccines don't cause or that the HIV vaccine doesn't cause autism. We did that each one to be very specific for all six of those vaccines. And then we asked for the studies that had been done that showed the accumulative effects of those six vaccines given sometimes about in 25 do doses, up to 25 doses in the first six months of life, that the cumulative effect doesn't cause autism. That was all the way back in June of last year. They refused to answer us. And so about six months in, we sort of used an executive order. Like we sort of said, you gotta respond to us. This is our privilege and right as an American citizen. We would like a response. Still didn't respond to us. So in December, we sued them. Uh, we took them to uh, court and said, to the judge, look, the CDC is breaking the law, essentially. It has to give us the studies we've requested. It refuses to. Well, now the Department of Justice gets involved. They're the lawyers for our health agency, the CDC. And they say, what are you looking for? We said, it's really clear. It was in our request. We want the studies, the CDC reference that's, that prove that vaccines don't cause autism for these vaccines in the first six months of life. And they, we went back and forth, our lawyer and their lawyer, and finally said, okay, what do you want? We've got a list. And we said, great, provide us with the list. And so they provide us with the list of all the studies that they said referenced these first six vaccines, all of them. It wasn't a thousand studies. It wasn't a mountain of studies. It wasn't like unbelievable amounts of science. It was 20 studies. And so we said, thank you. And so we dismissed the case. There's been some confusion on that. Did we lose the case? Why did we dismiss it? We dismissed it because we got exactly what we were asking for. We simply asked for the studies they'd referenced. They finally gave them to us, so we dismissed the case. And so you get a stipulation signed by the judge that says, this request has been answered. These are the official 20 studies that were requested. And so we all signed it and moved on. Um, a lot of people say that's not a win. Well, I would say if someone hits your car and you're suing them for $2,000, and you sue them and they say, look, I'll give you the 2000. Will you drop the case? If you drop the case and still get your 2000, I think you've won. That's basically the same idea for people that don't get it. Now, we looked at these 20 studies. And remember, we asked about DTAP, HIB, hepatitis B, uh, the uh, Prevnar and, uh, and, um, and polio vaccine. We got about you know, five studies on the MMR vaccine. They were just that the <laughs> MMR vaccine doesn't cause autism. And we said, well, we didn't ask about the MMR vaccine. That's at 12 months, totally different vaccine, threw those out. We got another, you know, nearly 10 studies 
on thimerosal, which is the mercury-containing preservative that used to be used in a lot of vaccines, but it is not in any of the vaccines we asked about. So we threw those out. And then there was about three or four more studies that were MMR and thimerosal studies. Again, totally useless to us, has no bearing on the six vaccines we asked about. So we threw those out. That left us with two studies that might have some potential uh, to at least be addressing the issue. Uh, So out of the two studies, one is really not a study. It's a review done by the Institute of Medicine. The Institute of Medicine is like a, a, a body of Nobel laureates that are in America. They're private outside of the government. So the CDC asks them to help out once in a while. Will you look into something? So the Institute of Medicine looks at every study around the world and writes a report. The question was, does DTaP vaccine uh, cause autism or does the proof that it doesn't cause autism? And so we're like, great. Okay. The Institute of Medicine looked into our exact question, especially on DTaP, a really important vaccine, since that's the one most parents had told me causes autism. Well, in this review, they said they looked at all the studies around the world and get this, they could neither determine whether or not the vaccine does cause autism or doesn't cause autism because no studies had been done on the DTaP vaccine in its relationship to autism. So they gave us, as part of our question, a review that made the exact point we were making (laughs) that there are no studies for DTaP. So we threw that one out. And then lastly, there was this really crazy study really poorly put together about antigens. Antigens is like the amount of either bacteria, I mean, the yeah, bacteria or virus load in a vaccine. Now, we've, we're using less antigens in vaccines with modern vaccines and more adjuvants. So the concern for most people in vaccines and their safety has never been antigens. As, as anyone will tell you, if your kid's digging in the dirt in the backyard, they're, they're digging through thousands, tens of thousands, perhaps millions or billions of different antigens and bacteria while they're playing the dirt. I've never had any concern with how many antigens were in the vaccine, but they did a study about it anyway. And so they looked at essentially children who got all of the old vaccines, which added up to, you know, thousands of antigens, and then children who got all the new vaccines that have less antigens but the same amount of vaccines, and they came to the conclusion that both groups had the same amount of autism. Now, you could argue that just a few antigens and a lot of antigens are just as capable of causing autism, but they went the other way and said, well, this proves that you know antigens don't cause autism because adding more of them Uh, didn't cause more autism. It's a really wacky way to do a study. I call it like the vodka, you know, Jack Daniels study. You could prove that Jack Daniels does not, you know, intoxicate you. Here's how you do it. You simply take people and give them 10 shots of vodka and you test their sobriety level. Can they drive a car? How well do they walk? Okay. Then you take another group that gets, you know, nine shots of vodka and one shot of Jack Daniels. And you say, look, both groups are just as inebriated. So Jack Daniels had no effect whatsoever. Therefore, Jack Daniels doesn't affect your sobriety. You, you see how that's the game they play. Well, it was it really had no bearing. And even the study itself, at the end, this is, is brilliant. It basically says it could still be argued that vaccines cause autism. This study didn't disprove that. All this study says is it's not the antigens that are contributing to it. Well, that does nothing for us. We wanted the whole vaccine. So in the end, what we proved with this lawsuit against the CDC is that of the six vaccines given in the first six months of life, 
you know, two, sometimes 10 of them at a time at, at your well baby visits. None of those had ever been studied for autism. They cannot say that the vaccines don't cause autism. And if they can't say the first six don't cause autism because they have no science to prove it, then they've got to take down that, that, mon- that, that line on their website, vaccines don't cause autism, because we proved that the ones in the you know, first six months of life have never been studied. And so we're off. And, and, and there's lots of people freaking out, lots of pro-vaxxers saying, what about this study? What about that study? You should have looked at these studies. Well, here's the point. I don't have to listen to those armchair scientists anymore. I went to the most official source there was, the CDC. They gave me what they thought were the best proof, 20 irrelevant studies. And so now we really have a problem. We have these vaccines in the first six months of life, especially the DTaP vaccine that more parents claim caused their child's autism, and science cannot disprove that fact. And so I think we're back to square one. We are going to be taking this, this revelation into courtrooms around America and begin to fight civil cases uh, using what we now know to be true. Nice. It's a really, really big deal. What's, yeah. So is that, but by civil cases, would that be like, um, going to parents with children affected by autism and, and suing the vaccine manufacturers? Well, more specifically, we still don't have, you still can't sue the vaccine manufacturers. They are protected and right, indemnified yeah. because of the 1986 Act in America. But it does allow us to start looking at these laws that are taking away your right to not vaccinate. Yeah. Uh, these exemption laws in New York, especially and in California, uh, they've just passed it in Maine because you've got to be able to say that you're forcing these products on the children. They are getting no informed consent. They better be safe if yeah. you're doing that. How have you determined that? So that's going to be a part of the discussion in those types of court cases where we attempt to roll back these vaccine uh, mandates and, and especially the removal of exemptions. Did you say that you've taken that sentence off the CDC or you got it taken off or you're no, going to try no, no, you're going to try to do that or we demanded yeah. that they did. We, yeah. we demanded now yeah. we just very civilly said we've proven you can't have that statement we'd like to see you bring it down. I assure you if they do not make that effort then we've always sent a letter specifically to Alex Azar saying we would well requesting that you take that statement down since it's no longer scientifically defensible. Uh, if they don't, we will probably take legal action. Yeah. What's your, go ahead, Darren. That's great news. Congratulations. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of parents have really been out there, you know, screaming from the mountaintops about what happened to their children. And this is, you know, this is an epidemic of, I mean, it really makes coronavirus look like a joke. We are talking about one in 20 boys are going to be, you know, uh, irreparably damaged for life. They are able to, you know, heal some of these children, but is really still uh, a, a terrible uh, destruction of of th- these children's lives. Um, I think it's it's there's proof now, unequivocal, really around the world in studies that are being done beyond just our lawsuits that vaccines are uh, a gr- you know a great contribution to this epidemic. I'm not saying it's the only cause of autism. I still think you could be born naturally with autism because of you know, other, other environmental factors and there's things that can play in. But clearly vaccines are, are a major contributor to that issue, as parents have been claiming for decades. Is, what's your sense about the studies that go past six months? Like, from six months to you know twelve years old or anything, is there anything there that that can can uh, 
argue against really? you know these people that are saying oh what about all these studies or is there any legit studies there do you think that are going to show this? there aren't there really aren't because your problem is not one of those studies is ever compared against a like a, a group that didn't get vaccinated yeah. i mean you have to understand this is the most bogus science that has ever been done i you can't find anything like it in the world where the vaccines we give our kids were never tested against a nerd placebo that's the gold standard for every drug we take one group gets the drug, the placebo group either gets a sugar pill if it's a pill or a saline injection if it's an injection. Nobody knows who got what. And we track their health data for two to three years. Who had more cancer? You know, who had more, you know, diabetes or autoimmune disease? If it ends up that the group getting the saline injection had the same level of cancer and issues as the ones that got the drug, the drug gets approved for safety. Vaccines should have gone through that process. They never did. So they skipped the most major and important scientific uh, process there is for saying something is safe. So then you have a bigger problem. Now it's out in the population. We're literally using all children as a study group. And then in order to do the studies, they will never do a study comparing the children who got all their vaccines to those that got none. We have demanded this study from the Institute of Medicine. Uh, Institute of Medicine got on board and said the CDC should do this study. And we sat, uh, Bobby Kennedy and I had a meeting with several uh, other lawyers and scientists on our side with the heads of the National Institute of Health, uh, uh, FDA, CDC, everybody on board. Donald Trump set up the meeting and we said, just do a comparative study. If vaccines actually don't cause autism and they make children safer, just take your database at the CDC that has millions of people's records. They've been wiped clean. It's oh, not, right, we don't right. have your private data, yeah. but we have you know, we have tens of thousands of unvaccinated individuals and, you know, millions of fully vaccinated individuals. So you can do a very well powered study asking simple questions of the vaccinated and unvaccinated who has more diabetes, who has more autism, who has more ADD, ADHD, who has more lupus, multiple sclerosis, you know, plaque psoriasis, all of these things we see all these commercials about that everyone's suffering from. Because as you know, and I've said it on your show before, we went from 12.8% chronic illness in our children, meaning either a neurological disorder or an autoimmune disease. We were at 12 0.8% in the 1980s when we got 11 vaccines, and now we're at 54% of our children. 12.8% to 54% of our children now have a chronic lifelong condition, and that's in the same time we went from 11 vaccines to 54 vaccines or 72 doses, depending on how you want to talk about it. That is the greatest um, decline in children's health in human history. We have never documented kids getting that sick so incapable of breathing the air, eating the food, drinking the water on the planet they live on in history. Something's gone terribly wrong. And when you look at vaccines, you see a coterminous event happening at the exact same time we're increasing vaccines. We're seeing these kids getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Um, so there we're at. And I think that it's more and more science is waking up to this fact. And it's become very, very problematic for the vaccine industry and those that were trying to promote forced vaccination of all adults and children. But then again, then comes the coronavirus just in time. Yeah. Well, it you know? seems that I mean, way because the narrative was changing. Like the last six months, changing. I have seen the narrative changing on vaccines more than I've seen in yeah. my lifetime. Like to the point where yeah. I can talk about vaccines around any fucking crowd and it's not taboo. Whereas even like no. six years ago, <clears throat> 
being well, an, to say anything against yeah, vaccines I mean, was, was yeah. a huge problem. Well, even this, yeah. I mean, I I was surprised and shocked that more people didn't believe even in vaccine injuries. Like people don't think people get injured from them. They just right. think that all these families and parents are making this stuff up or what. I don't know what they think about the actual yeah. the actual people that claim this. I mean, we've got people in the chats right now talking about their their injuries, people that listen to the show. And then to see yeah. a couple about a week ago, Fauci get up there and talk about the risks of vaccine and how we got to be very careful about this because yeah. you don't want to make people you don't want to give people the thing you're trying to save them from. And you'd, there's all these other effects and we have to do all these tests. I mean, I was. Yeah, I was shocked. It I mean, seems how, like it's changing. Why, why would he well, even say all that stuff? Why I'll would he put why. that out there? I'll tell you why. Because I think they've made a serious mistake. You have to understand that those sixteen vaccines we give our kids got away with skipping, you know, the scientific, the gold standard of scientific evaluation and safety, which is a placebo group, right? We also cannot see what happened in the phase one trials of those vaccines. Children might have died. We actually did get early phase trials of the MMR vaccine, and we found out that 50 percent of the kids that they tried it on had major gastrointestinal illnesses because of it right in the middle of the trial. Wow. We never knew that before. But we, you know, we luckily got a way in. That's usually why you want to sue, right? So you can get discovery and you can get to those early stage trials. Well, this coronavirus vaccine is one of the most dangerous vaccines they have ever attempted. I reported on this on my show a month ago. In the early, you have to remember, coronavirus is SARS, it's MERS. We've seen it before. Coronavirus is always around, comes every single year, just like the flu. Now, all of a sudden, we're making a big deal of it. But after the SARS coronavirus, there were multiple drug companies that set out to make a vaccine for SARS, believing it would come back. Well, every single one of those trials, they started with a vaccine. It looked very promising. They went into animal trials, and every single one of them had the exact same problem. It's really crazy. It's something called antibody immune enhancement. What it meant was when they would give the animals in the trials the vaccine, they watched them. They developed antibodies. They were able to test their blood. Yes, they got antibodies to the SARS coronavirus. Looks like it's working. The animals aren't keeling over. But then when they did the challenge study, which means they sprayed them or put the SARS coronavirus in their cages so that they, we could see if the vaccine worked, something crazy happened. Instead of just getting sick like they normally would or rejecting it, they got more sick. They had a hyper reaction. Some of them had, you know, incredible cytokine storms, organ failure. It was really crazy. And it happened on all the different versions that attempted it. And it was so problematic that after years, many of the studies put a warning label at the end saying we should be very careful about moving into human trials with any coronavirus vaccine. Wow. We've is, been warned about it. Isn't the that cytokine storm you're talking about? I probably butchered that. But yeah, I've been hearing some, some rumors that that's playing a role in these people that are dying of COVID. Like from the flu, from the flu shots, you mean? That, that they, I, well, I don't no, know. No, no, I've no. just heard that the, it's... The, the, the illness itself, for those that are having a reaction, have a cytokine storm. What this means is your immune system is overreacting. There's actually a theory because coronavirus is really only bad for a very tiny group of individuals. You have to be over 65 years old and have other chronic illnesses, often heart disease, diabetes, things like that. In Italy, they determined that 
88% of the total deaths really, even though they died with COVID, they didn't die from COVID. And we really need to do a better job of understanding what that means, meaning they were going to die anyway because of the other illnesses they had. But we are seeing this thing cause a cytokine storm, meaning the body is, is overreacting. And there are some theories I've seen scientists talk about why the elderly? They said, well, the elderly actually have a perfectly designed immune system that is really hyper designed. And so it's overreacting to the content, you know, the contact with the coronavirus. This is why some sort of immune suppressants seem to be working, why the malaria uh, uh, drugs like chloroquine might be having some effect, things like that. So um, cytokine storm is definitely what you want to avoid it's the cytokine storm is arguably why a vaccine causes autism. A cytokine storm can lead to, you know, if the storm is in your brain, it's brain swelling, it's cephalopathy, and then you're left with some form of, a, of an inability after your brain is swelled in your brain after a vaccine. It could be schizophrenia. It could be something if it was very light, like ADD, ADHD, depression issues, or autism. Uh, one parent put it really well. She said, people say vaccines don't cause autism. She's like, you're right, they don't. My child's autism was not caused by a vaccine. My child's encephalopathy was caused by a vaccine. The vaccine cho you know, made my child's brain swell. When the swelling went down, he, you know, he, it ended up resulting in a behavior we call autism, autism behavior, brain swellings, the actual injury. Right. So I think that's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. So, Darren, is that the stats you were just asking about today? The, uh, Italy, that's the Italy, saying, 12%? Yeah, that's what I was reading something last yeah. week that said only 12% of the deaths in Italy were actual COVID-caused. That's correct. And, and it looks to be exactly the same in America. Even though we're seeing bloated numbers, you really have to take the overall COVID death rate because of how it's being um, listed when you die. They realize that, you know, everywhere there was covid in a patient, those people were going to die of heart attacks this year. They were going to die of diabetes this year. They were, you know, they were already, you know, you know, having issues. They die every flu season the same way. But we know it's really the heart disease and the other things that killed them. And so Italy, after combing through their data, has come out and said, as I said, 88 percent were not caused by uh, COVID-19, or in other words, 12% of the cases are actually legitimate. I believe, uh, and I've done this on my show, The High Wire with Dell Bigtree, which you can find on Facebook and YouTube and everywhere else. We've gone through the data and it will show you the same thing. We see that when they coded COVID-19 for, uh, they gave it a death code. Everything has a code that you die from so that we can you know, analyze it in computers. Well, that code only came out on March 24th. And by the way, you watch it all of a sudden spike. We yeah. watch, that's when we start seeing this takeoff right in the graph. Well, it takes off in the graph because all this backlog of paperwork of people that have been penciling in COVID-19 as one of the causes, they now had the code that puts it in the computers and now all of a sudden it starts ramping up. And so we're really doing a catch-up schedule on, on listing it. But the way the document tells people to fill out the certificate says whether or not they were tested positive for COVID-19 or there's just an assumption that it was COVID-19, you should write COVID-19 as the cause of death. Our government is basically asking doctors to bloat this number to make it as high as they possibly can. The question will be, 
are they putting enough of the other data on this death certificate so that real scientists could go back someday and say, hey, look, this person had just gotten through chemo. They were suffering. It was sitting in their chart two days earlier that they were doing really poorly on the chemotherapy. And then it says they died two days later of COVID. That doesn't really make sense. We know it was something else. But it looks like we really might be whitewashing this data for a different effect. Well, I just heard one of the Canadian health leaders today on the way here talking about how we, we should follow the WHO stats. Like, we have to start following. Like, don't listen to other countries and what they say. You got to follow what the WHO tells you. And yet, our, I mean, yeah. those stats that everybody's seeing there with the cases and the percentage of deaths, like upward of 10 12%, or down towards, like, Canada's, I think, 1.5. Been, we've been pretty steady at that. But no one can but get tested that, in Canada. Yeah, so isn't that kind of deceiving when a whole bunch of us might have it and the death rate might be 0. 0.05 or whatever? Yes, But yes. So we've been reporting on that for the last several weeks. I just put out a promo for my show this week, and I said the high wire has been giving you the models and giving you the actual figures on deaths all over the world from the databases the governments use. Right. We've been showing you from the beginning that the death rate was never going to add up to what the modeling models were saying. And then, of course, over the weeks and just two weeks ago, the imperial model got crushed dropped from 500,000 projected deaths in the UK down to 20,000 deaths. Almost no one reported that. Every single day now, the modelers are bringing the number down and down and down, and they're getting closer and closer to where my science and our team has been from the very beginning. You really don't need, I mean, here's the big sort of bait and switch or card game that the WHO, who is highly funded and, and is supporting China in a very weird way, which Donald Trump is right now really starting to call out. I understand he's threatening to pull all yeah. of the funding he out of the WHO. He said he did today. He said, that yeah, he said so, he's putting uh, a hold on the money today in his yeah. press conference. Yeah, so uh, he's pissed off and rightfully so. And, and you also have to look at Bill Gates, who recently was reported just a couple of years ago was the number two biggest funding body for the WHO just behind the United States of America. I mean, Bill Gates himself is in front of the UK and other European nations in funding the WHO. And of course, you've been watching him scream fire from the very beginning on this. So there's really a lot of investigation that needs to be done around all of this. But what I think we've got to get down to is let's just look at the death numbers alone. What we keep hearing is we don't know what the denominator is. We don't know what the death rate is. We don't, we, we don't have any way to know how, what the percentage of death is because we don't know how many people have it. We haven't tested enough, yada, yada, yada. And remember, we never care about the flu every year this way. We never get this specific about the flu. And in America, we accept 60,000 deaths a year from the flu. 60,000 one year from the flu, and nobody's ever batted an eye. We've never even closed down a 7-Eleven because of that, let alone the entire country. And yet, when we look at this illness, all of a sudden, there's this giant panic. Well, forget about all the denominators. Do you realize, I think we're still somewhere around 80,000, I believe it is, total deaths or, or less, I haven't looked at the exact stats, in the world as we speak, and China's already through it. South Korea looks like it's through it. Japan's through it. The, the Europe is almost, they're, they're now on the downslide. So is Italy. So, and America looks like we have already hit our peak. We're on the downside. And all around the world, all the deaths together still fit inside of what we would have accepted in the United States of America as a bad flu season. I don't think you need to go much further than that 
to say that there's been a serious, serious miscalculation and probably an overreach and a misstep in shutting down the economies and destroying the economies of the world. Uh, luckily, that's not my decision. I'm not a policymaker. I'm a reporter. I'm just telling you the numbers appear to be just like a flu season would have created. And so we've got to ask ourselves, are we going to keep doing this now for every flu season? What was it? I mean, we were due for a bad flu season, too, because last year's flu season was terrible in the States, terrible in Italy. Yeah. And, and you have to understand, in America, we have the largest elderly population we've ever had. The baby boomers is what they call them in America. I don't know if you have that sensation. And uh, I, I would guess yeah, you yeah, did, we did yeah. after the war. We're just America the Junior. Boomers, right? so, so America Junior in America, we now have the largest population of people that are over 65 and suffering from these comorbid events and, and illnesses that chronic illnesses that come with older age. So already our flu numbers are going to be higher than they ever were before because we've never had so many people in the vulnerable category. So you could bloat any number now and be panicked. Does that mean the percentage change? No, just the population inside of that percentage change. And I know there's people out there will saying, well, Dell, it's the, it's the quarantine that has made these issues so low. And, and we're bringing on uh, hopefully, if, if, if we if we pull it off, we've got um, one of the world's leading um, uh, biomathematicians and epidemiologists from the Rockefeller Foundation uh, coming on our show. He has been speaking out loud about that and saying, when you look at the data in China, they didn't know what was going on. Given the spread and the way we know that the, the illness spreads, they did not lock down in time. Therefore, their lockdown had no effect. The virus is already rampant through all of China. And so we cannot look at it as the lockdown. Uh, similar events in South Korea, they didn't lock down until two weeks after they'd already hit their peak. And really the truth is, is the lockdown in UK was late and sloppy. You could argue the same in America. Yeah, yeah. So odds are we're just seeing herd immunity at work, which means enough of us are going to get this thing that we'll all have immunity and we can move on. And there will have been this tiny percentage. And now the studies, even Tony Fauci has said in an article that he published in the New England Journal of Medicine last week, this very well may be just like the flu. We know the, the death rate is not as high as SARS. Uh, it's not as high as MERS. It's definitely not as high as the Spanish flu. It looks to be more like a regular flu season. Of course, he's not saying that on TV, but he's publishing it in scientific journals so that he has a reference point to say, I said that when this all comes collapsing down around them. Um, but more and more scientists, as we've been reporting, are, are joining this cacophony of scientists screaming these draconian measures don't work. They were stupid. We destroyed our economy for no reason. COVID-19 is no different than the coronavirus we had last year and the years before. Wow. And all of the data shows us that that's true. Very specifically, we are not seeing a rise in overall mortality, in all-cause mortality. We are not seeing an increase through this COVID panic in any country in the world. No country in the world over the last three months of this has seen a rise in their death rate. Well, part, part of that's got to be because people are at home, too, though. I mean, part of that's got to be people are like, not you know, they're not, cars. Get, they're not, there's not as much traffic accidents. There's not as much, you know, surgery. Well, those yeah. things are definitely down. You can definitely see car accidents <clears throat> yeah. down. 
yeah. things like that. You're right. Surgical mistakes yeah. made by doctors. Yeah. Those aren't happening. Yeah. Um, but if you left this alone, uh, you would have had to deal. We've got to figure out a way to just simply quarantine that. What they're now saying they believe is that this 0.6% or less. The studies out of China now by official scientists published in uh, The Lancet uh, show that they believe now that in China the death rate was 0.6%. The death rate of flu is about 0.13%. So you're really close. And I think if we look at it over time, we'll realize that it's really down. We're well below 1% now. And so the question is, is, is it should be, we be destroying our economies for semi-permanent destruction, which will lead to other health consequences, both financial and physical, for a problem that is less than 1% of us are having, the rest of us are experiencing a common cold, I think, and what I'm going to present on my show, is I think it's much smarter to develop a program where our old folks' homes really have the ability to lock down, that the nurses and doctors that, that are there stay there, don't go in and out. Let's remove that in and out process. Let's give them extra pay when those moments happen. Let's figure out how to sequester those people that are having severe autoimmune issues, let's get them into some sort of lockdown hospital, get them out of the way, and then let your nation, you know, experience whatever respiratory virus is going around because we know it'll take three or four weeks for, you know, 99% of us, it will be, for most of us, non-event, others a mild cold, and then maybe a serious flu, and we get through it. And look, we have herd immunity, we can let grandma and grandpa back out, everyone can play together, and we can move on never having really crushed our economy because everyone kept working. Being healthier for it because we built up an immune system for, for the next one coming around maybe. And not living in this fear and having to socially distance and never hug, never kiss, never touch because God knows when the next one's coming. All we've done with social distancing is really delay the inevitable. At some point, we're all going to have to get this. And for anybody that's out there saying, well, we got to wait for the vaccine, go ahead. All right, lock yourself in your house while we wait for this unicorn of an imaginary product that does not exist yet. I mean, that really defies the scientific mind, doesn't it? They're saying that our hope is in a product that does not exist. That defies everything we know that, about that science. Hasn't even, science. That hasn't even been shown to work, like you're talking hasn't about the past. Shown to work, you know, has been problematic when they attempted it. Many doctors have given up on it. Now, all of a sudden, we're saying that's our salvation. 12 to 18 months from now, this mythological product. Uh, science is based in fact, not in hoping, not in dreaming, not in wishful thinking. It has to be based in fact. And the fact is, we know coronavirus affects about 0.6% in a very severe way. That's the group that are dying that get it. So why don't we figure out how to really take care of them, isolate them, and let the rest of, let rest of us experience a common cold and then really protect our nations. And think about it. Your military, all of us, we can't rush into any situation. Now we got to be afraid because we didn't get a virus that should have just been a very light uh, infection. It seems so much smarter to just make ourselves strong and, and have the true herd immunity. But, you know, that's that doesn't make hundreds of billions of dollars. Fact, a vaccine does. And there's your problem. Have you heard about the theories uh, about the different strains, the uh, stronger strain that may be responsible for more of this? It sounds like by what you're saying, that's not really the case, that it's just a a matter of statistics and it's a normal type thing and it, there's not different strains going around in the different uh, cities and areas the truth is is every year we have different strains of everything we we know that we, here's the point 
for some reason we don't understand, the human species has survived respiratory infections from bacteria and viruses from the beginning of time. Nature somehow has created us to be able to survive these events. And so what would suddenly be different because over the last three years, Bill Gates has been saying a big one's coming and now the biggest one ever that wipes out the species, it's not happening, it never has. In every sort of viral outbreak, there are stronger strains and weaker strains. And what's really fascinating about viruses um, is that they tend to get weaker uh, as they mutate. And, and this is actually quite logical if you think about it uh, in terms of sort of an evolutional process. If a virus kills its host, it doesn't proliferate, it doesn't continue on. And so a virus that kills its host kills itself off. So nature, by the way nature works, we've watched throughout time, this is true, the virus gets less and less uh, virulent or deadly so that you're more able to share it with each other so it proliferates and, and goes around the world. So it makes a lot of sense that that's how it happens. So it makes sense the coronavirus probably had a very, you know, a more serious version of it. But you're also pointing to a big problem with the vaccine, right? The, the viruses mutate. They're constantly mutating. They're constantly changing. There's different strains, which is why the flu shot sucks so bad. This is why every year we hear, ah, daggone it, we missed it again. You know, it's going to be 10% effective like last year. You got a one in 10 chance of this thing actually working for you. Can you imagine if the coronavirus vaccine, which will most likely work just like a flu vaccine, daggone it, we missed it again. Everybody lock yourselves back in your homes again. We got to wait this season out because we missed it again. That is a stupid way to move forward when those people who get the virus, actually, we have a better immunity that covers more strains when we naturally get it because our bodies have become immune to all of the antigens and the, the protein, all of the structure of the virus, which means we have a more thorough a vaccine usually takes a little clip a little piece of it they think is the most important and that's all your body recognizes so if anything changes then you're getting the the illness all over again it's one of the big problems we have with pertussis right now uh the pertussis vaccine actually does not stop you from getting it it just stops you from having a cough so everyone that's got a pertussis vaccine is really what we're hearing is an asymptomatic carrier we're hearing a lot about that with this illness well vaccines do the same thing they make you into a carrier you walk around the planet giving it to everyone else. You, the only thing you don't know is that you got it. The, all the vaccine do is take away your alarm system, let you know you had pertussis. Wow. So what do you, I mean, we've got this COVID event happening now. Everybody's paying attention. Everybody's yeah. paying attention to what's going on with vaccines and what's going on. You know, everyone's, I think, is maybe more switched on to some of the papers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. What, where do you think this goes? What's your gut say? Because, I mean, right now, <clears throat> this could go fucking either way. Mm -hmm. I, I can really see, like, you know, I can't, I can't go to the grocery store without my vaccine. That seems Correct. like a possibility, or it could be the other uh, possibility where everyone's like, hey, how come, you know, they're not moving dead bodies in yes. trucks? I mean, New York keeps saying they're having overflowing bodies, but I, I don't know. The people I talk to in New York say that it's... They don't, they're not seeing that. It, it's the same amount of deaths we would be seeing from the flu or other things like that. I mean, we really, there may be an uptick. Like, don't get me wrong. Let's say this is a bad flu. We hit 100,000 deaths. 
that still is only, I mean, that is still within the framework of what we accept from a, 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 a average season flu. It would be a bad year, but it wouldn't be a devastating year. And we've seen it before. So, you know, it's the locking down part of this that makes no sense. There's also questions about when you put this much fear into a population, how many people would have stayed home and thought, well, I just have a cough. I got a flu. I'll be fine. Now are rushing your hospitals because they're terrified they have this deadly disease. And so you're really overtaxing your hospital by creating this fear of something that normally you would just think you had a cold and you actually really do just have a cold. So you can see how they've created their own problems. And by the way, things they don't want to talk about is if you're not in the ER, if you're a heart surgeon or you're an oncologist, you've been sent home. So you're not in the hospital to help the way you normally would be. You could go down and help in the ER. We've actually got our hospitals at half staff. We talked to one guy at a hospital in New York and they're rotating 10 days in, 10 days out. He's a, he's a heart surgeon. So he's going 10 days in, then he goes home for 10 days to see if he got infected with the coronavirus. So again, you're limiting the amount of staff you normally have during any other season that we've seen. So you're already creating a problem that you could be overrun with this issue. Added to that, the fact that we're now looking at the ventilator problem. It very well may be that ventilators are what's killing people. And that's what we're saying, you know, there's not enough of. This yeah, is something yeah. we're just now really starting to hear about. So, I mean, it's it's like the Three Stooges in many ways. I hate to say that. I know Fauci and these people probably mean well, but their models have been off from the very beginning. They're off as of yesterday. I mean, every time they update a model, they're like, ah, geez, you know what? Looks like it's going to be even less deaths than we thought. We haven't overrun any bed. We haven't run out of beds in New York or anywhere in America. We haven't run out of any ventilators in New York or anywhere in America. And I'm pretty sure the same thing could be said for Canada. So this entire thing is based on, you know, a fear and modeling of an imaginary problem that we just have not seen happen. And when you look back, we will see there was no difference in the death rate than any other flu season. Well, the interesting thing is the U.S. is having an amazing pneumonia year. Right. We were right. actually charting those numbers down. today, and it's about 1,500 a week, less than it's been for the last 10 years straight on average. I don't know. And that's right from the CDC right. website. That's right from the CDC website. For some reason, we figured out how to cure pneumonia, I guess. People just don't get pneumonia anymore. And of course, what you're pointing to is exactly what we talked about, right? They're bolstering the, nobody's dying of pneumonia anymore. Everyone is going to be dying of COVID-19 to bolster that number. So you can see all these categories that they're stealing from. And even under those circumstances, I think right now, what are, I think we're at 12,000 deaths or something in America, they're saying, which you have to run is probably 12% of that. But even at 12,000 deaths, remember, a flu season lasts six months. We are used to 60 to 80,000 deaths easy. We're right on track for where we would be with a flu, if not below it. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds ballsy. A lot of people would think this is crazy talk. I mean, they, they're hearing in the media that the oh, whole yeah. thing's oh, falling yeah. apart. I mean, you guys do a fantastic job on your show. Watch the last couple episodes of deconstructing the media and showing yeah. that it's really based on lies and a lot of propaganda. I mean... Everyone in the grocery store is wearing masks here. Yeah, well, it's pretty good. There's not a lot of people wearing masks here. Yeah, but I hear some. I hear Austin's really bad. I hear. I hear. Uh, I got you know, this for grocery shopping yeah. tomorrow. There you go. Perfect. The full gas mask. You put on my scuba gear. Walk in. You know, fully, fully protected. But it's hard for people um, to understand how this gets so out of control and how 
how every local media is is not. I'm not I saying mean, in on it like it's a conspiracy, but everybody thinks it's this major problem. It, it's hard to picture how it slipped out of control. And I feel like he's sincere well, in not leaving the house. You know what I mean? Well, he probably is. Yeah. yeah. Like our prime minister hasn't left his house in a month. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think he legitimately is afraid. I mean, when I, I, I reported last week, I think the CNN reports, Chris Cuomo ends up getting it. Don Lemon is in tears on the show. I was like, oh, my God, Don Lemon's like afraid he's going to lose his best friend. His friend's got a cold in his basement right now. And Don Lemon's gotten so used to pumping out this fear, you know, mantra that he believes it himself. You know, it's really uh, not the case. But remember, those news agencies are primarily funded by pharma. I mean, you have got to look at the fact that they are not free agencies. They are not just telling the, you know, the story uh, as it exists. They're telling the one that the, that the powers that be want us to hear. Look at people like Bill Gates. These guys very much want an adult vaccine program. They want you praying and hoping this vaccine comes along. And guess what? As soon as you say, great, sign me up. I'll get my coronavirus vaccine in order to get back to work. Well, how about the other 72 vaccines your kids got and you didn't get? How about the 270 vaccines that were just approved and in the pipeline that you didn't know about? And how about the thousands of vaccines that are currently in trials? What people don't know is the future of the pharmaceutical industry. And I'm not reporting this now. Go back and watch the last three years of my show. I have been warning you. Thousands of vaccines are in the pipeline. The future of pharma is vaccination because they don't have to test for safety. They can't be sued if it injures you. And they can get government agencies to force you to take it. We are talking about a multi-billion dollar industry that's about to turn into a multi-trillion dollar industry when you're not allowed to opt out of it. We are going, and I said, Pharma is the most powerful lobby in the world. They're going to attempt to take over the governments of the world. You can see shows where I said that three months ago. Was that prophetic? Did I just guess? Did I manage to just get it right? Well, what do you think is happening here? This, what we're watching yeah, now, yeah. is what the world looks like when doctors are running the world. It doesn't matter what you think of Donald Trump or King Jong-un or, you know, whatever dictator in the world. Guess what? They're no longer your problem. They have stepped aside and doctors are creating the, the, where we're at in this world. You can say, oh, they're saving us. Really? They're currently destroying your economy. Every single model they've referenced has been wrong. And the only cures that we see, like chloroquine, they're fighting while they tell you about a mythological product in a vaccine that's supposed to be here in two years. Do you really want to keep having your life in the hands of a doctor whose plan is to lock you in prison for two years while they wait for an imaginary product out there in the future. I think a lot of us are getting sick of this. I think a lot of people uh, are waking up and it's really had a great side effect, right? One of the reasons pharma and these institutions that have been taking over our lives and sort of, you know, you know, coming through the back door to, 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 to ruin us, they get away with it because we're so damn busy, right? Everyone's working so hard to just make ends meet, two and three jobs, running from here and there, trying to just find a couple of seconds with your kids. I mean, that's why they've gotten away with it. That's why guys like you sit on your show going, people, why aren't you listening, right? It's clear when you slow down and look at the data. Well, who has time for data? Well, I'll tell you who has time for data. An entire population has just been locked in their house. Wow. So and they now got nothing to do sudden, but look into Corona. They got nothing <laughs> to do. 
They got nothing to but do. But the thing is, most of them are watching effect. CNN all day. I well, mean, that's no, the no, other, no, that's no, the other no. kind of problem. Is that's, you know, I mean, you can't argue that the ratings are through the roof right now. That's that's. I mean, that's the. That's Their the, ratings are through the roof, but yes, I'll bet you your ratings are through the roof too, and so are mine. This is All true. of us are having an opportunity now to speak to the people that are looking for the truth. And the question that you have and all of us have, is there enough with brain cells, enough like working critical thinking brain cells to really get outside of the brainwashing of mainstream media on this and say, you know what, it just doesn't add up. And remember, they all panicked about H1N1 yep. just back in How many times? Every well, couple years. How many times? In they Russia. would have walked us down if they could have then. And let me ask you this. If they are wrong, and let me make this perfectly clear. I'm not against quarantine. I'm not saying that there's not some virus out there that could be so totally terrifying that I'm glad you locked down our airports. I'm glad you protected us. I'm not against that approach. But I am for real data crunching and really good scientists getting on it right away to say, you know what? Okay, false flag. We looked into it. Death rate's much lower than we thought. Everyone back as you were. What I'm really worried about is we're looking at these governments that seem incapable of admitting to us we made a mistake. Oh, well, that's a fucking symptom of all of mankind right now, it seems like, right? You can't be fucking wrong. And it's just, you know, Twitter. Look at Twitter. But that yes. really puts things into perspective, the, the, the greater vaccine plan, because it's way more profitable than, well, the, you than the prescription Well, you want to talk about perspective. Drugs. I almost throw up in my fucking mouth when I see fucking Trump go up and say, hey, we're cutting all this red tape so that we can get these vaccines out quicker. I'm like, what fucking red tape? Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. The one piece of red tape that was there, you cut that. So now it's just right. open season. But for, for most people, they can't understand that the vaccine, like, making us all do a vaccine is, is, is about money, but they don't understand that that would be the motivation. Like, is that really what they're trying to do? You know, Bill Gates and all these big organizations, they want to vaccinate everybody just for money. Is that it? But I mean, it's, is there more, is it the tracking? Is it the control? Is it the, the technical, you know, the technocratic aspect of, of the control, the digital money? I mean, do you think it's just never let a, a crisis go to waste or is, are these little, uh, little um, addendums part of the plan overall, do you think? It's all of the above, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's all of those factors coming in. I think that whatever's happening here is some sort of mistake. There's a lot of people that think it was pre-planned. I don't really come from a conspiracy theory space. You have to understand, my, I made my career interviewing people. I'm a professional interviewer. I interview people. I know when they're telling the truth. I've also spent my life trying to, you know, really understand what makes people tick. I was a producer for the Dr. Phil show for nearly six years of my life. I mean, he gave us courses in how to know when someone's lying. doesn't matter what you think of the guy. He's really good at dissecting someone on television, whether he can cure them or not, totally different story. But so I have a background in really studying human beings. So let's really study that for a second, right? Let's look at motivations. You can watch it right before your eyes. Have you noticed for the first time ever there's a drug that the pharmaceutical industry doesn't like and that the media doesn't like? It's called chloroquine. (laughs) I've never seen anything like it. You have a malaria drug that has been used on 700 patients in New York, 100% effective against coronavirus. You have the top virologist in France, a guy named Didier Raoult, who went and did a chloroquine study in China. Why? Because they used chloroquine during SARS and it worked really well. And so they did a study in China. 
almost 100% effective at stopping it. Then he did his own study, 80 people, 100%, nearly 100% effective. And now for the first time ever, Fauci is saying we really are looking forward to vaccine that doesn't exist. And I'd be really reticent about this one drug that's already been used for coronavirus before with SARS, has been used all over the world effectively. Why are they against using chloroquine? You have got to admit, if you watch your mainstream media, they don't like chloroquine. Why? It doesn't make sense. This drug is is safe and is proven safe after 75 years of use as, you know, for malaria and other you know, they've, they've gone off-label uses for other things. But we've been using it for everyone traveling the third world for 75 years. Nobody ever thought it was deadly then. Why now? And so you think, well, okay, let's look at one thing. Do you know that chloroquine is now in its generic? It's past the patent point. So it only costs $6 a pill. It's not $50. It's not $100. And it's not $1,000. That's problem number one. Nobody, not a single drug manufacturer is going to make any damn money off of it. So the pharma institutions that fund your television and fund all of your news anchors and news agencies are going to say, we don't like this drug. We want to look at other options like vaccines. Now, doesn't Fauci have a stake in a vaccine company? Absolutely. The NIH is, is and, and uh, NIAD he works for is, is a 50 percent partner with Moderna on one of the vaccines. Now, let's think about and so forget about the fact that it's a generic and a lot of people go, yeah, I've seen that before. That's kind of bullcrap. Let's just look at a drug together. They don't really want to find a drug that cures COVID-19 when you get it, because what would happen the second they found that? Well, now all of a sudden, let's say the drug even costs $100 a pop, okay? The problem with a drug is the only people that need it are those that are having a severe reaction. That's only 0.6% of the population, okay? That makes you some money, not a lot of money. That might be like, uh, you know, maybe a million people in America will use this, and so they'll make, you know, $100 million. Okay, great. Not that great. See, there's a better idea. Think about pharma. I got a better idea. I mean, whoever really thought this up, you got to hand it to them. Instead of making a product for that immune suppressed group that's like less than 1% or the elderly, those ones that really have an issue, for everyone else it's a common cold, why make a product for them we don't make much money? What if, what if we make a product that everybody else takes to protect that tiny little group? See, I can make a product that I can say the 99.3% of you have all got to get it to protect the 0.6%. I can't imagine the applause that must have gone up in the room. Oh, my God, that is genius. Of course. <laughs> Vaccinate all the healthy people. Make the healthy people take the drug to protect the less than 1% of the sick people. Now we go from, you know, vaccinating maybe a, or, or giving a drug to perhaps a million people that would have used it in America to 340 million people that have to use the product in order for it to work at all to have the so-called herd immunity. So now when you think about, you know, Fauci and NIAID and Moderna, and I think there's probably seven to 10 other companies all jockeying for, by the way, billions of dollars presented by Donald Trump if you are even in the process of trying to make a vaccine. But whoever wins, whoever gets there and makes the vaccine, 
You have Bill Gates running the World Health Organization and all the other gigantic nonprofits he's trying to you know, control the world with telling you we're going to give everyone in the world this vaccine. Now think about, because remember, as journalists, follow the money, right? So if we have a vaccine that works, that we give to 7.5 billion people, let's say it's one of the cheapest vaccines we've ever seen. It's like $50 instead of $400. I mean, I'm going to really cut this number down. At $50 a pop, 7.5 billion people, you are going to make $350 billion on one product. They're probably now, need a booster every couple years. You need a booster every year, just like a flu shot, because we probably missed it again and again and again. And then welcome to the 7.5 billion people getting the other 72 vaccines we've been giving your kids the whole time. And then look at the 270 vaccines that are in the pipeline. Do you see why it's possible pharma saw this ahead of time and said, if we have an opportunity to scare the world into a vaccine program, we should take it? Because there will be no industry that would ever make that kind of money ever. Pharma is about to become the power player of the world. And all they needed was a common cold that they made all of us terrified about. And it doesn't matter whether the numbers come in as your average flu every season, they have us. Unless we wake up and say, you know what? What Dell said actually made a lot of sense right there. I could see the agenda on, you know, because I'd say this. Hey, folks, if you really care about people, make a product for the sick people. That's it. If I could make one change, I'd have no problem with pharma if you simply did this. Make a product for the sick people and leave the healthy people alone. And then I will never say a bad word about you again. Go ahead and take care of that 0.6%. They deserve it. And the rest of us that are strong and healthy, don't inject me with aluminum. Don't inject me with mercury. Don't inject me with formaldehyde. Don't inject me with some mutant strain of the virus you made in the lab. Let me go ahead and have this cold for a few days so that I can spend the rest of my life having to worry. Doesn't that make sense? I think it makes too much sense. Oh, that's well said. Very well said. Absolutely. And of course, we've had uh, Dell on a few times before where we did nothing but vaccines. That's definitely worth checking out in the back catalog. Now, we rifled through a lot of stuff there. I understand you've got some place where people, you know, just in case they think we're all just blowing smoke up their ass here. Um, where can people go to just sort of pick through some of this data themselves and see that, uh, you know, you've done the work? Well, so the best thing to do is really, uh, you know, follow, go check out the Highwire. You can go to the highwire.com. Of course, we're on Facebook and YouTube, but it's getting harder and harder. You can't just say Dell Bigtree or the Highwire. You got to write out the Highwire with Dell Bigtree because they're censoring us like crazy. They're not going to make it easy for you. But if you watch my show, I give you the opportunity to type. You can type in ICAN in the comments or you can text us and we provide all of the data and the websites that we present in the show. So what I would recommend for people, because most of us really don't like to read that much, go for the go look at the last three shows. If you're yeah. really curious about yeah. coronavirus yeah. and the actual science behind it, go watch the last three shows we've done. And then you'll be able to collect that data. 
You'll have the websites. You can track now on your own. You can go right to Europe and see how many people died this week. We show you how to do that. You can see how many people died in New York this week. We're going to be covering that on Thursday on the High Wire with Dell Big Tree. It's at 11 a.m. Pacific time every single Thursday. And we have the backlog catalog on thehighwire.com, at the High Wire with Dell Big Tree on YouTube or uh, Facebook. And, of course, we're on um, uh, Twitter and everything else everywhere else you want to look. Um, it's a really great resource. Uh, and then um, on my nonprofit's website, ICanDecide.org, there's many of the white papers on vaccines that we've talked about. You can read the actual lawsuit papers that we filed and, and those signed documents. So just go to ICanDecide.org. Uh, and if this information really matters to you and you happen to be loaded, uh, we are a nonprofit and we are, you know, funding scientists and research all over the world to bring this information. So this is really a movement and, and, uh, and, a, and a research body that uh, needs the people's support. Now, that's how we do what we do. Um, and so uh, every, every little bit counts and it's why we're here. But I think if people watch the last three shows, their minds are going to be blown. Yep. And, you know, I, I got a great I had a great tweet from a friend of mine uh, just uh, after the last show. She doesn't watch my show all the time. You know how your best friends never watch your yep. stuff. It's like everybody else. But this friend contacted me. She says, you know, I, I sat down. We're quarantined with my mother. My mother's been just worried sick for the last month. She watched your last show and she said, I really want to thank you for Really, you showed the science and you made it made sense. And my mom finally calmed down and said, oh, I get it now. I understand it. And so I, I, I recognize where the risks are. And I think that that's what information does. The mainstream news is not giving it to you. They're just repeating these panic headlines over and over and over again. You're all going to die. Um, it's not helpful. So. That's what I would recommend. Go to thehighwire.com and check out ICanDecide.org. So this is kind of unprecedented in um, <clears throat> consequence. Um, yes. What do you think? So, I mean, from our position, I think everyone in this room anyway and, and in the Skype call, we're like probably a month away from this being, or a couple months at most from this being a far gone memory. Um, yeah. Do you do you think that anyone faces some sort of consequences? I mean, does Bill Gates getting shit for going on TV every night and scaring the nation? Is there is there any only, sort of room for repercussion? We, I think there always is. I mean, right? This is really we've all been a part of a giant human experiment, whether it was necessary or not. How are we going to respond to that experiment? That's to be determined. You know, I think it's going to be determined on how much longer this goes and. And, you know, how many people start listening to all of the international scientists that are lining up now saying, don't listen to Bill Gates, don't listen to Neil Ferguson that wrote that crappy imperial model that none of us got to peer review, it was a giant pile of crap from the beginning, and we all said it was. And, you know, I wanted to make this point just before we, we miss it, because it, it also is something we can learn. People will say, you know, well, the, you know, the, the masses of doctors and scientists all agree that vaccines are safe. You know, what are you saying? They're all in on some giant conspiracy. Like, it's always this conspiracy, yeah. right? Yeah. But you actually just watched how it worked all around the world. There is one guy named Neil Ferguson that came up with the imperial model at the Imperial College in UK. One guy. 
one model, never peer reviewed, and every other health professional in the world repeated it, followed it, and locked their nations down. It's only one guy. Nobody else really backed it up because nobody knew what numbers he was using. They had no way to rerun it themselves. They had to just go with it because he is still refusing to provide what's called his code. So it doesn't take a conspiracy amongst all these brainiacs. Brainiacs tend to follow the loudest person in the room, and that was just proven with what just happened here. And even when he backs it off, it's too late. It's too late. late. The damage has been done. They can retract it all they want. It's too late. I think it's his latest is like one fortieth of what his original estimates yeah, were. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Just dropping. Like, if you look at twenty thousand, where I think he's now at seven thousand. My understanding, seven thousand deaths from five hundred thousand, but twenty thousand to five hundred thousand—that's a difference of two thousand four hundred percent. I mean, he's he's two thousand four hundred percent from where he was in his initial model. I mean, you can't miss it harder than that. And, and then what do all of these scientific professionals do? Do they come out and tell you, uh, actually, we're sorry we followed that guy? They've got to cover their own tracks. Like, well, no, I mean, what he means is it's now, it's now 7,000 because we locked down for a day. I mean, that's literally the model changed after they went into lockdown in the U.K. for one day. All of this is such baloney that I think a lot of people are going to wake up. I have, I have a real hope that this is going to be a giant overstep. You can see all of the people online. I mean, five weeks ago, when I was putting out the numbers and really starting to question it, we were all alone, but I had really good scientists, you know, that I I trusted, so we stuck with it. Now I've got all this company. Now there are bloggers and, and even news agencies starting to touch on this. Even Fox will dabble here and there and say, you know, the numbers look really low to be quarantining ourselves. So this may be in our rearview mirror, but what we really have got to look out for is what they're telling us. Yeah. It's next fall. They're going to do this all over again in the fall unless we say, no, 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 we're not that stupid because the repercussions are gigantic. We are going to see devastation in our nations like we have never seen before. None of us went through the depression. No one alive on this planet. And this is going to make the depression look like a joke. We are saying right now in America, we believe we've already done enough damage to result in perhaps a 20 percent to 30 percent unemployment rate. That is catastrophic. Most studies have shown for every 1% of unemployment in America that there's a death toll of about 40,000 to 58,000 people per 1%. At 20, 30%, we are talking over a million people could die from this quarantine alone, from the starvation, from the lack of health because you're malnourished, from the lack of ability to buy drugs you might have needed, to depression and suicide and, and alcoholism and drug abuse. We all see it coming. We're hearing about domestic violence now is going through the roof. So many of these things that are going to make us ask the most important question. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? And really, how weak are we? Are we really so weak that we are afraid to stand up to a cold virus and say, you know what? We're stronger as a nation. I'd like to put it in perspective this way. Maybe we can sort of end with this thought because I think it's really important. You know, I'm looking at China right now, and I don't know how Canadians think about China, but in America, we have a real concern that China's trying to take over the world. There's really a couple of places, right? It's either China or it's Russia or, you know, maybe 
you know, Iran or something like that. Those are the, the big fear players in America. Well, China is going back online. Their people are going back to work. I assure you the only reason they think they're safe enough to go back to work is just as many of the scientists have explained. They didn't lock down soon enough. They all got it. And now they have herd immunity. So the greatest industrial nation in the world is about to start going and manufacturing and producing again, while everyone else in the world is quarantined. Okay, we already have a problem standing our ground and keeping a balance in this world when all of us are working. Now you're going to let China be the only ones producing whatever masks you think you need, producing whatever drugs you think you need, producing every damn thing, including a giant television. So while you're stuck in your house, you are not so completely crazy. All of it will be made by China. We are talking about the potential for China to take over the world right now. I mean, they're the only car back out on the track while the rest of us are pit stopped in fear. So while our government agencies are saying this is the necessary sacrifice you need to make to be pit stopped in fear, China is taking over the world. (laughs) And so I ask you this. If China was attacking the United States of America and attacking Canada with gunships and, and airplanes the way we normally think of a war, with their goal only being one thing, to own all of our industries, to buy up all of our real estate, and to enslave all of us under their tyrannical rule, how many people would we sacrifice to fight that war? And now remember, I'm telling you, it would be in the millions. Americans, we would sacrifice millions of Americans. But get this, it wouldn't be the sickest Americans that were going to die anyway. It would be our healthiest young men and women we would rush into that war. I would like to say that if China's coming back online, essentially there is a world war going on. And the only way we win is we have got to accept that about 0.6% of us, the sickest among us, that we're most likely going to die anyway, we're going to have to accept that tiny little death toll and get back to work. Wow. Well said. Do you think there's any chance this goes in the opposite direction and some of that manufacturing never goes back to China? I know in in Canada, we're getting ready to make our own medical supplies, which is like fucking unheard of. Try to do that if you're fully devastated and bankrupt. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's a great idea. That was the idea, Donald. Like, right when this all started, when we first saw China getting sick, we thought, oh, this is it. We recognize how dangerous it was to have them manufacturing everything. What if they get quarantined? What if they go down? We can't get our products, right? Well, then we all said, great, we're going to manufacture them here. Who's going to do it? How are you going to get online? Our need is going to be so great that we will not have time. We will be funding just to keep people alive, let alone going into manufacturing products. And so we're going to go to the default. We're going to go to the one place that can hand us the drugs right away because the need is too immediate. Great idea. And I I think I hope that that's what we learn from this. But locking ourselves in our basements because 0.6 of our elderly and already sick you know, might die. I don't think that's how we get to, you know, autonomy and self-sustainability. Yeah. Wow. That's well said. I totally agree. Yeah. Well said, Dell. Thanks for, thanks for coming back, getting us up to speed. 
I don't right. think we uh, we got to make sure we keep doing these at least once or twice a year because uh, they're Absolutely. always some of our most popular shows, and we love talking to you. Awesome. You know, everybody up there, take care. Everybody that's watching Grimerica there, you know, thank you for the work you guys do. I mean, you have never been afraid of these topics. Neither are I, you know, neither is I or anybody else yeah. like us. People are going to have to let go of that box on their wall. That is a billboard. That TV is a billboard for pharma. Yeah. You are, you know, if you do not recognize that, then you are not woke. You are still asleep. If you want to stay asleep, go ahead. Here's the blue pill for the rest of us. Come on, we got to save this world now. We got work to do. Take awesome. care, everybody. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks. Del. Have a good night. Uh, bye bye. Oh, that was a chat. It's the one and only Dell Big Tree back in Grand America. What'd you think, buddy? Yeah, that was fantastic. Was it? Yeah, uh, he's quite the speaker. Oh, I was going to say there might be unintended consequences. People might learn what's uh, important what's in life. You know? you know what I mean? I was going <laughs> to say, like, I didn't want to keep going on and on, but, uh, you know, people being stuck at home with their families. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like it's, stuck at home be, with their families is going to be, be a better good, way to say that. There's going to be in a good way. You oh, know, oh, in okay. a good way. Yeah, like, yeah. it's, it's, this is going to produce some. There's got to be some spinoff here. Thinking of it positively, it's going to calm down and maybe people will realize what's important and like, and wake up a bit. Until we have yeah. to get all our shit from China. I mean, I hadn't even really thought of that side of things. Yeah, but maybe we don't need as maybe much we as don't, we think. Maybe we I don't mean, need as much know, as we think. I don't know. We can Do make we some to? masks out of our Grimerica shirts. Maybe we don't need masks. Order know? Grimerica shirts. we can stop shirts. wearing masks. Here's the thing. Order Grimerica shirts. Uh, Grimerica.ca slash swag. And go to the store and buy coffee filters. You take two layers of t-shirt, put some coffee filter in between it. You're like surgical mask style. Is that what is that what your friends have been doing? That's how they're making. I've seen that on masks? Twitter. Oh, did you? Okay. I mean, I think you should just wear someone's panties. Oh, that's a good one. Did you make that? Oh, she well, made it from done. scratch. Really? Is this for me? What's it made out of? Is this for me? Have you Can wore this? No, I don't want. To. I got the gas mask, so I'm good to go. I tried this sucker on. Should I try it on now? Sure. Try it All on right. for the you, you YouTubers. Route, you close it up. No, no, no. I'll just wait for you. Well, you're still recording a podcast. You got to talk. Yeah, 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 I will. Yeah, yeah. Mike's grabbing the mic. <laughs> yeah, it only Darren's took like an hour that. to make it. That's so. my, what, it's what I call the Pink Floyd wall, the wall mask. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it's pretty creepy looking. Yeah, I can't really hear you very I much. I think it's no. too small no. for you, actually. Oh, it's not. It's not on properly. You got to pull it down. There's a. There's a little seam in it. There. Yeah, I can't yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. You can't see anything. Anyways, enough fear mongering, Darren, and your creepy looking mask. If we get enough of these, see now. I think I want more masks just in case of nuclear fallout. Yeah. Well, that's. And they look super badass. I want you to get one too, so we can go to the store together. I'll get a different looking one though. I'll wear you, my ski mask. I got my black. You should ski get mask. the American one, the M40. The M40, yeah, maybe. Sure. With the big crazy eye things. Anyway, yeah, sure. Ooh, wow. that one looks cool too. Can you make me one of those in camel? What's that made out of? Looks like old shorts. Like, is it just like old clothes, kind of like? Or what do you think about this, Michael? Are you? Uh, are you wearing mask around legit or you, no, you haven't put one on yet? No. Bingo, bango. Anyway. That was fantastic. It was fantastic. I, mean, I love the whole perspective of the vaccines because I can't, you know, people don't see that that little bit of extra money. It's, I mean, it's not a little bit, it's billions and trillions, right? When you add it up pretty quick. So 
Pretty scary. Absolutely. Delo is a big show. I think we're up to about 300 people watching again. Oh, holy, that's crazy. Uh, thanks for everybody. Tons on Facebook. So thanks, guys, for tuning in to the live show. Big thanks to Del for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Extra Honestly, big go check out the high wire. It's fantastic. Uh, the, the high wire is great. The deconstruction and the science that, that scientists he has on and the stats from Europe and Totally. Oh, it's, un- it's unreal. It's a must-see. It's like no agenda kind of on, on steroids. 100%. And, yeah. you know, the, it's worth mentioning that the only reason, the only way he can do that show or shows like No Agenda or shows like Grimerica where we can talk about this kind of stuff, because if we had YouTube's ads, we'd be shut off, and no one wants to fucking advertise on us because we talk about crazy shit all the time. So we do the value-for-value value thing. Yeah, and I was going to ask him what, shows. what he suggests people do, and that's probably a good solution. Support. You know, turn off your cable. Get rid of your cable if you can, and just support all your favorite yeah. independent creators, yeah. con- content uh, providers. And if one of those favorite creators happens to be us, we love you for it, and that's how we pay our bills. Keep going around here, pay for this space and this bandwidth and everything else. Grimerica.ca slash support. Help us keep fighting the good fight. If you're finding some value from the show, send some back our way. Of course, if you check the show notes, swipe right to Graham show notes, and uh, there's a bunch of ways in there you can support the show. Don't cost any money because, hey, there's a bunch of you that are unemployed right now, and we get that. We're not going to withhold content. We have actually moved to, if you just shoot us an email right now, we'll give you all the black budget content while you guys are stuck at home. Of course, if you can't afford to support, that's always better. You can review the show. You can share the show, sign people up for the newsletter, whatever. Share the show. Get the word out. That helps, too. Uh, spam gram, gram at gramerica.com. I think that's it. Yep. Thanks for listening. Join the chats. Join the the chats. chats. Ah, yeah. Gramerica.ca slash chats because social media sucks, but the chats are pretty good. We're actually in the process of making the chat backup since Discord's starting to get fucky, but that's okay. We'll always have the chats. Gramerica.ca slash chats. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Drop in the bucket, baby. You just a drop in the bucket, baby. You just a single solitary drop in the bucket, baby.
Myself a dog to be my best. 